Today FM. It's that time of the week again, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the Dermot and Dave Show Best of Podcast. But not if you're driving. Definitely don't sit back. In fact, sit up now. I feel the need, the, the need, need for, for speed. Speed. <laughs> well done. Harmonies. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel the need for speed for? Well, just because it was such a Top Gun week on the show. It was a Top Gun week, in fairness. We had all the stars at the new Top Gun Maverick movie. We gave away tickets to the premiere. We put people up in hotels. Heck, we even bought them cocktails. If you could be speedy at something, like, what would what would you like to be speedy at? Like, would you like to be the best, the fastest driver or the fastest runner or... Emptying the dishwasher. <laughs> That's what I expect you to say. so boring as a job. You know when you say to your kids, empty the dishwasher, and they're like, ah, oh, no. And you're like, would you just do it and start complaining? Like, God's sake, it's only a few dishes. But then when you have to do it, you're like, oh, my God. Wait, wait. They- what do you mean? When do you have to do it? The whole point of having children is that you never have to empty the dishwasher. Because sometimes you just don't feel like the argument. And you just think, you know what? It's quicker if I do it myself. I don't have to watch them carrying one spoon at a time from the dishwasher into the drawer. The battle in our house isn't the emptying of the dishwasher. It's the, they call it the dirty. I don't want to do the dirty! Oh you God, I don't think we, want, we don't want to know what this is. No, this is putting the dirty dishes in. Oh. Like, they call it dirty and clean. I'll do the clean, but I'm not doing the dirty. You are, you are doing the dirty. That's when the whole point. When we first got our dishwasher, it was in the garage for years. Like, we only got the dishwasher in the kitchen when I was... Late in my teens. <laughs> Did you park your lawnmower in the kitchen? Yes. <laughs> That's where it lives. There. Yeah, absolutely. The car in the kitchen, lawnmower in the kitchen, everything else in the garage. So you had to carry the dirty dishes out into the garage? Yeah, and then carry the clean ones back in. But was the garage in the door off the kitchen? Like, was it really close or something? Yeah, it's, it's like Still a, a walk. It's a bit of a walk. It's not that far. It's off the kitchen, but like the kitchen's extended. So from the sink to oh, the dishwasher was a bit of a walk. Well, I'm moving into my mom's house for a couple of weeks and she doesn't have... Well, she has a, a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> she has a dishwasher, but it's disconnected. And there's six of them because she lives on her own. Yeah. So she doesn't need a dishwasher. She like uses a plate, washes a plate, dries a plate, puts it away. Why like, don't you disconnect it? I mean, just don't use it. No, like, you don't was... have to take a stand and go, right, that's it. It's <laughs> coming out done. of the wall. No, it was shorting out a fuse. Uh, so the easy oh. thing to do was just to disconnect it or whatever. But now we're faced with a dilemma where either we bring our own dishwasher to put into my mom's house or we have the kids do the wash up, oh, which is well, only going to end. You already have a dishwasher. Your mother. She did it for years. It's time for her to just pick up that mantle again. Here, I'll give you my phone. You ring Myra. Yeah. You tell her that she's doing this. Probably live on air so you can hear that. <laughs> no we don't have chance. one in the apartment, and I. It's the funniest thing because when I go home to my parents' house, then I forget that they have one. So you just wash so up. So I just wash up after myself. Mm. It's great. Although I do really, really, really despise. I'm very much of the wash it, dry it, put it away mm. thought process. Nikki, my fella, is more of the. Leave it sit there for a couple of hours, then wash it, then leave it sit there until it's dry naturally, and then maybe put it away. Maybe. Yeah, or I, maybe I'll just leave it there and hope that it, the magic fairy, aka me, puts it away. We're very different people. Sinks. Sinks are just, all they are is this magical place where all food items, like tea bags, everything, like I, 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 I walk over to sink and go, I'm not doing this. Get over here, everybody else. And they, like, I can't so You can't deal with dishes in the sink. The dishes are one thing. It's the fact that nobody has ever learned to scrape a plate or, like, and there's literally below the sink is the food bin. It's not far away. It's not a walk out to the garage. Mm-hmm. It's just scrape it in and then put it. You're, I'll deal with it in the sink. You're wasting your time. You're just wasting your time. I, I've learned. I, I'm so. 
you just hear yourself saying these things and no one's listening. No one's listening. <laughs> they don't care no. and they see you as some kind of crank pot mm. who is just Victor Meldrew just walking around the house going, I don't believe it! <laughs> about laundry, <laughs> the state of the bathroom, dishes, <laughs> cups in bedrooms and eventually you just have to go, do you know what? Like, what op- what's my option here? I can walk around as a crank pot yeah. and have my blood pressure <laughs> through the roof. Or? Or I can create one space in the house that's mine. Yeah. And I can keep that clean. And whenever I feel like these urchins are, <laughs> and I include my wife in that. <laughs> and when you feel like they're, the messy people are, are getting in on you, then you can just go into the clean space and shut the door. And you'll always have you... And that clean space. Well, I, Even if it's a cupboard. I'm envious of you because I do not have in my house the room for an isolated space. I, I only have enough room for all of us so that every room is like that. If you have room for 65 guitars, sorry, is it 70 now? Who knows? 80, <laughs> 80 no, no, guitars. Wasn't there two out and then two in? Three, two out, three in. That's oh, only one. Yeah. So okay, basically, yeah, yeah I got fine. one hmm? last week. You sold one. No, I uh, got two, one. Got three. Sold two, got three. So that's only plus one, is my point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, if you have room for all those guitars, no. you have room for a clean space. No, those guitars are hanging on the wall. Okay, uh, sorry, lads. I'm just going to hang myself on, on the <laughs> yeah. wall for an hour. They're not all hanging. You don't have enough wall space for 80 guitars. They're under beds. They're in rooms. They're no. in attics. There's nine in my bedroom. And there's 11 in my bedroom. <laughs> And then there are others, the others are on the wall. And then the overflow, God, if my wife hears this, the overflow is in my mother's. That's one of my big fears about oh, going yes. to stay in my mother's is that my wife's going to open the door of the studio, which is in my mother's, and go, wait, there's as many guitars here as they are there? Hang on, you can't go, you haven't got a leg to stand on. You can't go around telling people that they're messy and then clog up the entire house, including your bedroom, with 11 yeah. guitars. Like My wife, literally, she cannot... She can't. All she sees is student. That's literally all she sees. She goes like, "You've just got guitars like a student." My bedroom is like a student's <laughs> room because there's just a rack of nine guitars. Now I don't know what students have nine guitars, but I know what she means. She means a guitar yeah, on the wall, a guitar on the wall, and a, yeah. and a fractal poster and a Jamiroquai gig ticket. Like that's what yeah, she sees. A beer bottle with a yeah, flower in it that exactly. they robbed. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A traffic cone. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's all she sees. Whereas I see like this beautiful collection of incredible instruments that I've assembled over years. She's like student. But that's yes. all it is. You know, if you both played guitars, maybe, but it's a hard sell when only one of you is involved in the hobby and the hobby is taking over the bedroom. Yeah. What's her hobby? Um, well, she's an artist. She's an so artist. If she had 11 easels set I up think in the I bedroom. Call, if I called her art career a hobby, I'd, probably, <laughs> yeah. I'd be in more trouble than bringing in guitars, I think. Maybe lead at that yeah. and then bring her in and go, well, actually, no, it's not a hobby, but I got a new guitar. How about that? Yeah. Have you seen all these guitars I have? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> anyway, on the show, uh, we're going to keep things neat and tidy. Oh, nice. Uh, we're just going to give you the best stuff mm-hmm. when you want it, where you want it. Stars of In Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> uh, we've got, seriously, we've got like uh, Matt Judge, uh, no, uh, John Green. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're naming the stars of the Top Gun Maverick movie. Uh, Billy Bunter. Billy Bunter's in oh, there. Oh, he's so good. Uh, Matt Judge is the recently departed Manchester United Chief Scout. Why did his name go into my head? <laughs> anyway, we, they're real people. We have Oscar winners. Uh, we have John Hamm, who's Don Draper 
from Mad Men. Yeah. Sound lad. Loves Ireland. Uh, what else we got on the show today, Amor? All that matters is Dermot and Dave's gank runners where you both revealed yourselves to be wearing runners that each of you thought was ugly and then the nation were divided. You actually yeah, split they up land, They landed on, on Dermot's in fairness. Like I, 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 well, let's I have not no give away faith. all the results. People no. may not have heard it, but it, it, let's just say it didn't go Dave's way. I have no faith in the public. It was a tough time for Dave. Well, look, I just hate the, the general anyway, public. Uh, Nina, Nina, Noni, uh, <laughs> Noni, Nina's Dave's kid. Uh, Noni uh, built something very strange in a chipper. Yeah, there were bad jokes. There were say stuff that suits the music. Uh, there was loads of stuff. It was great, guys. Fun. And now you got it all to listen to all ahead of this. Okay, so listen, take care, guys. Um, Remember, do the dishwasher and buy a guitar. The end. A, a guitars. <laughs> the end. And and <laughs> Justin Timberlake, like I love you, Dermot and Dave on Today FM, an absolute belter of a song, and a very important reason for playing that today is we are. I was going to say we're going to celebrate, but we're also mourning the loss, and we're saying bye, bye, bye to something which is going to no longer be a thing. <laughs> Our diet. <laughs> yes. No, no. Bye, bye, bye. 21 years ago, something was introduced into our lives which changed our lives. Totally, no doubt about it. Totally changed our lives. Totally changed the way we thought about music. Yeah. Totally changed the way we thought about music. Totally changed the way we thought about those CD players that had the uh, no rock button. Remember the ones that would, you, would give you a 15 second kind of buffer? Yeah, so that they you could were walk useless. around the so disc useless. man. It was rubbish. Uh, but no, we're talking about the introduction of the iPod. And I came in in 2001. I was surprised. Um, I always thought the iPod came later. It kind of got jumbled up with phones and things. Yeah, I do remember getting one. I think that's the reason why I got mine mm. in 2002. Uh, which is why that song sorry that's why we played Like I Love You by Justin Timberlake because that was sitting proud track 01 on my iPod Touch in 2002 was Like I Love You by Justin Timberlake but this week they announced Apple did that they are no longer making the iPod they're discontinuing the iPod after seven different generations and all the different kinds the nanos the shuffles the touch the uh, nanos yeah do you remember them they'll no longer be available so there are sort of you know, just thinking that you'll keep everything on your phone, which I suppose is fair. Like, you don't need a second device, is their logic. No, but I suppose it was such a game changer to have, you know, to have that music in your pocket. Mm. And, you know, you didn't have to carry around extra bits and CDs or tapes or any of that malarkey, even mini discs. <laughs> um, <laughs> you could have the iPod. And I suppose there are particular songs that stick in our heads because, just for the reason that they were on our iPods. And that's what we're going to celebrate on the show today. Well, I am a man, you know, of contrasts, okay? So while I had, like, Justin Timberlake, who was my super boy, because he mm. came out of NSYNC that we're playing right now. super boy. He was my super boy. And he came out with his album, and Like I Love You was, was the first track on, on my iPod. But I also had, you know, my, the same kind of 30 thrash metal albums that I've listened <laughs> to all my life. They all got transferred straight away, like Metallica. Shuffle on a Dave Moore iPod is always an interesting feature. Yeah. To I've been from. in a car with you and it's <laughs> shuffling from like black metal to NSYNC and then back into... <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you're a bit more consistent in your tastes, well, I think. Well, not really. I no. suppose if I think back to what was on my iPod, 
Um, yes, I had all the grunge albums that I was into, and uh, Smashing Pumpkins were in there, mm. and Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and all those favorites. But for some reason, this band always sticks in my head as being my iPod band, and it's Delamitri. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect you to come out with those words. As usual, I am the last to know. Oh, what a band. I see I get all the iPod feels now <laughs> listening to that. Scottish giants, Delamitri. Delamitri, okay, fair enough. But they were there, you know, and yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. one of those bands I just associate with the iPod. But there is one brilliant band that I'm still a fan of, and this is definitely one of my iPod bands. Okay. And it is Doves. And in this song oh, in Doves. particular, Pounding. This is my iPod song. But we would love to hear what songs do you associate with your iPod? What ones are locked into your subconscious whenever you hear it? You can see yourself with your little nano in your hand or your touch or whatever it happens <laughs> to be. Uh, let us know now. 87 102 And we'll try and play as many of the tunes as we can. 87 102 What was on your iPod? And we celebrate and mourn the loss of one of the, the world's greatest ever inventions. Okay, go on. Introduce your favourite song. This is Delamitri... No, no. <laughs> it's Doves and Pounding on Today FM. <laughs> Asking you for your iPod songs because we're we're mourning the loss of the iPod. It's no longer going to be a thing. Apple have discontinued it altogether. There ain't no more iPods, so we're kind of going back to the days of the iPod Touch and the iPod Nano. And the Nano was was like brilliant that it was so small, mm. but my just constantly losing it is my memory. And you it would disappear for weeks, and then you put on some other jacket and it would be in the pocket. Oh, there it is! I'm going to take special care of lost again. <laughs> um, we got a good message. Message from Kevin and Mallow says, Dermot and Dave, when I think of my iPod, it's all arcade fire and Arctic monkeys that come back to me. Tunes, oh, no doubt they're tunes. I had tunes. that album funeral on my iPod as well. Yeah. But as daft as they seem, as daft as they seem, my love, when you dream them yeah, also so he says Arcade Fire and Arctic Monkeys uh, I was probably too lazy to scroll past the A bands which is still <laughs> true now because I listen to an awful lot of ABBA <laughs> you should check out AHA they'll blow your mind <laughs> uh, we also got a voice note in from David oh yeah love the show uh, my iPod song would be probably Bomb Funk MC's Freestyler <laughs> completely random song I haven't listened to it since my iPod went down the back of a couch somewhere um, but yeah no it reminds me of the iPod Bomb Funk MCs lad. that is a tune Deck Pierce is in bed now and rings in he's just sat up and he goes I feel a disturbance in the force why is someone playing one of my block rock and beat tunes because um, iPods were funny that way because the you know the software was always so glitchy in terms mm. of iTunes that you'd end up with these random songs somewhere <laughs> in your on your iPod and you'd no idea how they got there and then sometimes you'd have the same song seven times because <laughs> you couldn't seem to get the bloody yeah. remember you'd have to download special software to try and remove the repeat remove tracks because yeah. if you spelled Bomb Funk MCs B-O-M-B 
Funk MCs, forget it. Then it was BOM with a capital F. That was another artist altogether. There's no question. Emer's been on to us. She says, guys, when I think of my iPod Nano, which my mom bought me for Christmas 2002, best present ever, the only song that comes to mind is Foo Fighters Everlong. Wow. Here it is on Today FM. Keep your suggestions coming into Dermot and Dave on Today FM 087 102 Doesn't always go well when you get an iPod. Isn't a Bernadette story? Hi, Dermot and Dave. When I first got my iPod, um, I downloaded the discography of Bruce Springsteen. So every time I went to play the shuffle songs on my iPod, nine out of ten songs are all Bruce Springsteen <laughs> and one with something different. It's totally turned me off, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> That's what's going to happen if you download every album he ever released. That's definitely going to happen. <laughs> like, just get one and see if you like it. <laughs> uh, I love this. Morning, guys, says Helen. My iPod consists of things like this. But also things like this. <laughs> George Michael and Slipknot. That could be you, Dave. That could be. But what, what I do love, though, is the different things that are coming in from people. Like, for example, somebody sent in that this is their 100% their iPod song. They can't think of anything else. Mm. They think of iPod, they think of this. Stones taught me to fly. Oh, yeah. Damon Rice in a sweet spot of the iPod world okay but then someone else almost word for word sent the same text it was Jason who said this is all they can think of Jason can think of when he thinks of his iPod everybody in the club gets <laughs> Comes the three to the four to the five. Jake Wan, tipsy. <laughs> With support by Damien Rice on the night. <laughs> I spent the weekend in Athlone, Dermot. Had an absolute ball. You know if you spend time down there, you can't call it that. You have to call it Athlone. Athlone. I went to Athlone Castle, which was great crack altogether. Um, spent the day up there. Um, we also went to Bay Sports yesterday, which is where I donned a wetsuit. Did you go back to that cool shop that we were in the last time that uh, played host to Michael Jackson? Oh no, I never went there. No, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah that is a good shop up the hill somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Didn't quite go that far. I went to Sean's Bar. My young fella, Sam, walked into Sean's Bar and we said, This is the oldest pub in the world, give or take, but pretty much certainly the oldest pub in Ireland. And he went, I don't like the smell and held his nose for a picture because he didn't like the smell of stout. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the wrong place, Sam. I'm sure it was stout and not what stout mm, does. Possibly. <laughs> to your body. But I, I, loads of people around Athlone said hello to me, which I always find very nice and very welcoming and everything. Thank you very much to everybody who beeped their horns in their cars and everything as we were walking across the bridge and stuff. But uh, <laughs> They were just people... Oh yeah, you know, just in the way. You were jaywalking. So many yeah. kids, they were just <laughs> in the way. Yeah. But yesterday morning, I was standing kind of on... I don't know if it's the main street, but it's where Genoa, the chipper, is that you and I did the chipper review yes. of. Yes. And there was a centre up the way, and I was walking up there t- towards the centre, and um, there was a fellow walking down, I presume with his partner, his girlfriend or whatever, and he had shades on. Wasn't wasn't that bright a morning? Mm. A bit cloudy, a bit overcast. You don't like people who wear sunglasses unnecessarily. I, gosh, I, was, I was just, I, I clocked him and I kind of went, really? Is it that sunny? And then as they got closer, he kind of just stopped and said, no, 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 no. Oh, and just went down a lane, right? And then as I walked, I was like, what have I done to offend this man? And then his girlfriend just said to me, oh, I'm really sorry. He loves your show and he'd love to meet you, but he's too hungover. <laughs> and the poor fella was just down a lane looking at so a he was, wall. he was too full of fear <laughs> to meet his hero. Just meet you. <laughs> I doubt him his hero. But he just wanted to meet, probably meet me, say hello, get a photo, do whatever people do. 
So you do the only thing you can do when you're that hungover: run down an alleyway, shouting no, no, no. I kind of feel sorry for him because you know I think we can all relate to hangovers in our past where we probably would have done the same thing. (laughs) You don't have it in you. No, and I felt like maybe saying, "Do you want to come back later on? Maybe you had a feed of of, a fry or something. You'll feel up to it." But no, we were moving on. So was he, but. Uh, yeah, it was some crack altogether, lads. Helen has got a hell of an interesting story for us today. Nothing to do with Top Gun. Hiya, Helen. Morning, guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. What do you want to tell us today? Oh, God. One of those mornings. Uh, my poor child's gone to school with a cow heart, two pig hearts, and three chicken fillets in a bag. <laughs> what? What's Start that? again. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, God. He has science and they're dissecting uh, organs, so... I found him a cow heart over the weekend and then someone else got him two pig hearts to bring Sorry. Him and then I like, <laughs> How did someone else get like, what What WhatsApp conversation were you having that you told somebody you needed some pig interesting, hearts? Yeah, interesting ones. God has the poor little piggies had to be done in early. They weren't supposed to meet their maker till tomorrow, but someone kindly put them off a day early for us so I could get two more pig hearts. So so why, why is it the parents' responsibility to provide the uh, dissecting materials yeah. for science class? <laughs> It's terrible. Where's the oh, Department God. of Education in this one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but I thought I'd be real helpful this morning, and he wasn't out of bed, and he's getting a school bus, so I was like, yeah, I got all these things out of the fridge, so I took out the cow heart, which is huge, and another bag with two pig hearts, and then I was like, what's the three, t- oh, it must have been five, so why there's five, anyways, into the bag, look, you want for everyone, look, there'll be loads there, and I sent them off, next thing, halfway home in the car, I went, oh no, that's the dinner. <laughs> You gave him the chicken fillets. That won't be as interesting that no, dissection of a, no, of a chicken no, breast. Oh no, there won't be much yeah. happening there. No, no, three poor friends are going to have a very, very boring time. So three chicken fillets. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I think your oh. your mamminess is off the charts there in getting them ready. Yeah. I mean, it could have been yeah. up themselves getting all this stuff. I know. You know? Yeah, yeah, and they step back and just let him do it from now on. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, let him source his, his organs from now on for school. Oh, Helen, no. thanks for that. Do his own harvesting. Bye-bye. These are the things that, you you know, no one tells you about when you're going to become a parent, Carl. You had your training baby last week. Yeah, you weren't you know. sourcing cow hearts for Kylie last week, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> is a look at relationships all around the world. Ones that are the same as ours, ones that are different than ours. And all you need is love. Today, it's about the joy of having a best friend. I mean, Dave and I have been best friends for 20 years. That's right. Uh, but I'm not sure if we would take it to the next level and become platonic life partners. You never know. The week is young, Dave. <laughs> our next guest, April Lee, has gone viral on TikTok while sharing life with her PLP, Renee. And she's on the line now from Singapore. Good morning, April. Good morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're great. Thank you for talking to us all the way from Singapore today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Tell us about Renee. Oh, my gosh. I mean, um, she is just the most fantastical, whimsical, kind-hearted, empathetic human and the love of my life. And when did you know that she was a love of your life? 
Um, honestly, it was a slow burn. You know, we've been friends for 13 years. So I think with every year that passed, it kind of became more and more sure that she was just the most empowering relationship in my life until we pulled the trigger to be life partners. So I'm interested because Dermot and I have been, I suppose, best friends. We've been work colleagues for 20 years, but we're best wow. friends. And we spent obviously a lot of time together. We worked together every single day for the last 20 years. Yeah. When did you feel like it was more than just being your best friend there was something else between you and Renee ah okay well I think it was just the idea that you know best friends aren't who you're supposed to live your life with or start a family with or like move in with and that usually is reserved for your spouse or your romantic partner and neither Renee or I ever felt that way um, about our romantic partners and we didn't want that and the more we start thinking about it we realize that we saw that kind of future with each other. And the only thing that was stopping us was basically society telling us, like, you don't move across the world to be with your best friend. That's silly. And like, and then we realized how dumb that was and that we really should just follow what made us happy. And that's, that's what happened. Well, there's no sexual element to your relationship. Was that ever broached? Or how do you know? Or did you know that maybe at one time one of you may have wanted that? Or... It wasn't on the table for the other person. Or how did you navigate that whole area? Was it just ever even an issue? Did it ever even come up? Actually, not at all. We've just, it's been platonic since day one. So, and we've been in very intimate situations. Like we are, we're intimate, I would say, and we're affectionate, but it's never been sexual. Right. And so w- would you come home from work and hug or kiss on the cheek or anything like that? Um, You know what? After like being in a long distance for five years we barely touch each other now because like a lot of our relationship was kind of over the phone or over a screen so our love languages are words of affirmation and quality time so no we we barely touch each other at all (laughs) okay and do you both have romantic lives outside of this platonic relationship yes we do yeah, we're, we are both, well, I am dating, I'm in a committed romantic relationship, and Renee is casually dating and kind of exploring her sexuality at the moment. Right, and in your committed romantic relationship, presumably you would have had to discuss Renee as a major part of your life, your partner, effectively, yeah. even though you're in a committed romantic relationship with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, she's been in my life, like, long before he came into my life, so he knew about her from day one. How does that then translate into real life in terms of, you know, say you have the option to move in with your romantic partner? I mean, is that ever on the table? And is there a certain Mm -hmm. amount of time that you insist that you stay with Renee because she's your primary life partner? How do you work out the nuts and bolts of all that? Well, I mean, there aren't any rules to this. The whole point of what we're doing is that we're keeping it fluid to what we desire ourselves so it's open to change and as of now my living situation with Renee I cannot imagine a better roommate and a better domestic partner and financial partner and I don't want to put that kind of pressure or commitment on my romantic partners unless that naturally you know evolves to be that way but but it's definitely a possibility and did you guys sit down at the beginning of taking things more seriously than just being friends you sit down and uh, talk about what you had a vision for in terms of your life because it it seems to me that the way things are going this is my perception maybe it's right or wrong but that you guys communicate an awful lot Uh, you tend to make decisions based on having had a conversation about whatever it is so did you sit down at the beginning and kind of negotiate how you were going to be life partners 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was a whole year and a half of negotiations because we were separated in the pandemic and we were just talking on the phone every single day and discussing hypotheticals, discussing what a combined life would look like, who would contribute what and in what way and um, what would happen if one of us started dating. Like we did all of that negotiating. I would imagine like how any romantic couple would do it before they get married. Hmm. I mean, I know that you say that you like to keep things fluid, but you do have certain rules. Can can you tell us about that, or maybe one rule in general? Um, I think that I guess a universal rule that Renee and I have is that we remain as a unit, um, especially in conflict, and and that is the way that we show each other that we are putting our platonic life partnership ahead of every other relationship in our life. So if her and I ever got into a disagreement or anything like that, I'm not confiding in my romantic partner and trying to validate my side of things without first fixing the problem with her. So it's really just putting each other first. And your friends and family, do they understand the relationship? Was there any kind of reluctance from anybody in your close circle when you said this is what you wanted to do? Um, You know, I think our mothers are like, you know... conservative Singaporeans and there was a little bit of maybe confusion in the beginning but after we talked to them and the fact that they're both divorced I think they understood the importance of a deep platonic emotional connection that women kind of have with their girlfriends and at the end of the day their girlfriends stuck around way longer than their husbands did, like our dads did. So I think they kind of understood that marriage doesn't solve like all your problems is not the end all be all. And they just want us to be happy and they can see that we are. Yeah, but so can the whole world because you've obviously you've taken to TikTok and you're sharing elements of your partnership there and maybe inspiring people to, you know, see that there's alternative relationship roadmaps that they can follow. Have you discovered more like you out there as a result of all the publicity? Actually, yes. Um, I recently went to New York for my birthday and met up with my friend Jay, who is part of another PLP that was featured on the USA Today article. And we had just connected over the article and became like internet friends. And we finally decided to meet. And she's actually married to her best friend platonically. And they're raising um, a 16-year-old kid together. They adopted him. And it's beautiful. It's like you find this whole community of people who have similar values and similar goals in life. And you just feel supported and seen. And if somebody maybe doesn't feel seen uh, who's listened to this, but maybe thinks that this might be something they want to explore, is there a way, other than obviously following your TikTok, like, are there things people can search on the internet? Are there other supports out there that people maybe don't know about? Um, well, I would just say follow more content creators that are sharing about their platonic partnerships. There are way more now, I think, like, who you know, after this went viral and they, I think they've been able to label what their partnership was. I've heard stories of, you know, couples that were romantic before for years, but realized it didn't work and they weren't in love anymore, but they realized they still cared for each other like family and they, all the other aspects of their partnership still worked out really well. And they transitioned to a platonic life partnership. Like there's so many different kinds of um, platonic partnerships out there that I think it's it's just 
yeah, it's just really just researching. And I say follow content creators because I think that that's the most transparent and direct and personal source of information. You can get to hear like a variety of different ways that people make this work. And as a content creator and, and sharing all the personal elements of your life, is there any part of you concerned that maybe, you know, now that this all works for you in your 20s, but later on in 20 years, you've got all this video content of personal stuff and maybe you'll have changed your mind or moved in a different direction or, <laughs> you know, you, you may just want to be a more private person. <laughs> You know, possibly, right? Possibly. And if that's the case, I mean, well, it's too late now to take anything back. But I would be honest, you know, if I changed my mind, there must have been a reason. And there, there would probably be another lesson to learn from that that I could share. And I'm not afraid of that. I'd rather be honest and transparent about whether it's a mistake or a change of mind or whatever because there's yeah you, you, people can learn from these things well you can follow April Lee at at Psychoti on TikTok that's at P-S-Y-C-H-O-T-T-I-E on TikTok there's already 53,000 followers up there so you'll be joining the community April thank you very much for joining us all the way from Singapore and telling us about yourself and Renee of course thank you guys thanks April bye guys it was great to talk to you there you yeah. go, that's April Lee, psychoty on TikTok, as we just said. Uh, and uh, herself and Renee are, are PLPs, as they're called, platonic life partners. I would suggest there's a lot of relationships that start off romantic <laughs> and over the years end up as platonic life partners. Without the title, you mean? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're just sort of, you know, you turn into best friends or whatever. Um, obviously, you wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have other partners in that situation. Yeah. But, you know, when you talk to April, it just seems so obvious and you you wonder why maybe more people don't do it. Particularly, you know, if you know, if you if you have that fear of being alone and you don't want to spend the rest of your life alone, but you can't for whatever reason seem to nail down the perfect romantic partner. Uh, maybe nail down is probably not the right phrase. <laughs> seems a bit extreme. Uh, but you know what I mean. But you know, maybe if more people knew the options. You know what? Maybe I could just have like a best friend that I could live with and get all the benefits of, you know, shared experience and cohabiting and taxation. Taxation, yeah, always a consideration. That actually, maybe that would take some of the pressure off having to find Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. So, what do you think? Oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. And incidentally, um, you know, our, our all you need is love segment is going to continue, and we love hearing about all the different kinds of relationships. It was polyamory last week platonic life partners uh, today um, but whatever your relationship is maybe you've got something unique about your partnership whatever that looks like for you maybe it's long distance maybe it's childhood sweethearts maybe you both like to dress up as babies and roll around in phoenix park who knows wow you can let us know you can just drop us an email <laughs> just me then uh dermot and dave at todayfm.com top loader Dancing in the moonlight, someone says. Are you continuing the iPod appreciation day, lads? That is definitely a tune you would have had on your iPod, all right. Definitely is. We were just chatting there while Taploader were singing away about the Amazon places on the N7. Those massive warehouses. You think there's just one, but actually there's a few of them there. And they're absolutely ginormous. Are they are they actually up and running? And like, if so, where's Amazon.ie? That's what on Amazon.ie so bad. I'm constantly switching in my app to different countries and currencies. D-E-E-S. And you're weighing up Prime 
because you don't have postage versus Germany, or which does do. have postage, and you're trying to balance all these things. So mm. I, I don't know. Is anyone? I, I I was getting the impression that when I was driving by it and kind of looking in, that it what it, it was just being finished off. But actually, maybe there's a load of Amazonians in there, and the shelves are full. I don't know. Did you order? You ordered something that's arriving within seconds. I ordered a clothes horse uh, last night because it's living it, the dream. It, it was about to break up our marriage. <laughs> um, we nearly became platonic life partners over this goddamn clothes horse, which we have. Uh, semi-repaired with masking tape mm. and it just like falls onto the ground really dramatically every now and again and if you so much as walk in the same room as it the thing collapses <laughs> and we have the will you let me order you a clothes horse no I want to I want to pick a very particular one well pick it because I can't deal with this because I keep pinching my fingers that's the thing oh, the pinching is the worst the pinching I'm trying to get it in and out the bloody door um, and you know it's because it's it's just wide enough for the door frame so when we bring it in the back door both of our knuckles scrape <laughs> scrape off the door and then it collapses and pinches your your skin on your hand anyway so, but we only ordered it like from Amazon.uk whatever.co.uk yeah. last night and it's arriving this morning at 10am Prime Prime's incredible yeah but it couldn't have come from the UK in that speed no it's in there are Amazonian warehouses dotted around the country with Prime vans primed and ready to go and you go I want this Prime and they go fine and my wife Tracy cannot get her head around how this works how, okay so if I order this book and that clothes horse they have them like yeah how do they have them? Because it's a warehouse. Yeah, why, if you don't have Prime, then, like, why are they charging... I could have ordered it from Germany, mm. and I would have paid 20 quid postage. But why would I be paying 20 quid postage from Germany if the bloody thing's on the N7? And there's some lad called Tony can drive it up to me in a half an hour. <laughs> because that's your Prime membership paying for that. But if you're not, then it's your... You're paying, you're paying the postage. Do you know what I mean? If you get it on Prime, Tony's going to drop it to you. But if not, it is going to come from Germany. Oh, do you know what I mean? I? <laughs> no, it's still really confusing. Can anyone clear this up? Oh, it's seven four one hundred one or two. Siobhan O'Darty is in Clonmel and Tipperary. Hello, Siobhan. Well, I'll tell you, get on. Not bad, you. Grand, great. Can't complain. Now, I was laughing at Darren there with his uh, clothes horse. <laughs> do you feel <laughs> my pain? Can I you relate do. to it? I do. I'm looking at mine now with duct tape on it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, I, if my wife is listening, she's just throwing things at the radio, going. I'd say you touch that clothes horse <laughs> twice a year. So can I can I just head that one off at the pass? Uh, although I will say this, Siobhan, somebody put us in touch with a website called Hagglezon.com, which yeah. is a kind of a comparison website that you put in whatever you're searching for, and it looks at the French, the Spanish, the Italian, the German, the Swedish, and the English, the UK, Amazons, and tells you the price. There's actually oh, very good. it's a big difference, Siobhan. Like I just we just randomly put in like clothes horses <laughs> yeah, and, and headphones to our two favourite things in the world. And like there was like a hundred quid in the difference in some of them. The clothes horse one of the clothes horses was a hundred percent more expensive on the UK site than it was in the on the French or Italian does side. Hang, like, does it hang the clothes itself on the clothes horse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's insane the prices. Yeah. So it was a clothes horse for 250 quid. Yeah. Like, Come on. That's a lot of money I, for I, a clothes and horse. And it's still the same. Think of the headphones you could buy, buy for that. You would buy a pony for that. Like, <laughs> a pony, you would. <laughs> Siobhan, there's a C on my M for 1,550 euro. What do you think? Uh, there's a crease on my map. There's a crease on my map. Are yeah. you using clues? 
Well, just where am I going? You're using mm-hmm. the map, and if there's a crease in your map, you won't be able to meet, read the map properly. So I didn't know what the nighttime clue was. I presume you did a hedgehog. There's a crease on my map, is not what we're looking uh, for. No. Sorry, Siobhan. Any more clues, lads? Any more clues? Oh, no. there'll be clues. Or he won't stop giving clues once we hit round numbers, yeah, as he so likes to call them. Two grand. It's going to have to get to two before we give another clue, I'm afraid. Okay, I'll try again. All right, Siobhan. See ya. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Stevens in Donegal. Hey, Stephen. Yes, lads. What's the crack? Not much. You up the windows? Ah, cleaning away. And do you ever do you ever do those cleaning ones where you either use like the longest pole in Ireland or do you abseil down buildings? <laughs> no, the longest pole in Ireland. Really? I'm always that's fascinated heard, by them. That's what we heard about you, Stephen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Your reputation precedes you. Because I walk to work sometimes, and obviously the, most of the window cleaning happens early doors inside in the kind of corporate world and all, whatever. Yeah. And the lads are out, and the poles are like, they're, they're five stories tall. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and the water yeah. dripping down, you have to make sure you get out of the way, you get your runners splashed. That's not a good thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, Stephen, for €1,550, Euro, there's a C on my M. There's a curfew on my mind. There's a curfew on my mind. Why? Well, you know, if you get a time, you got to come home and you're mm. thinking about it. And it's mm. coming to that time, you're going, oh, no, i got to go. <laughs> so it's always on your mind. Unless it's it's <laughs> night time. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Despite the length of your poll, Stephen, <laughs> yes. we're not giving you anything today. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not right, I'm afraid. No worries, lads. Thanks All right, see you, Stephen. You too. Bye, yeah, bye. 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 Uh, okay, I've got a limerick now. Laura's there. Hi, Laura. Hi, how are you? Sure, look at isn't that it? Laura, that buzzer means you've just won a bright yellow Dermot and Dave today. FM Asher, look at isn't that it? T-shirts. Uh, woo, thank you. It's all yours. You're welcome. Who are you minding today? I'm minding little baby Oshin. He's 13 weeks old. Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. How are you finding it all? <laughs> busy. Very yeah, busy. Yeah. Did you hear our call with this training baby last week? I heard. It was hilarious. <laughs> to be fair, it was hilarious. Call didn't find it one bit hilarious, I can assure you of that. I, I can understand Kyle's, you know, getting in out of the car and stuff. I, I get it. Yeah, but I mean, the, he didn't even use a baby seat. He just strapped her into the passenger seat and put the seatbelt on. I mean, if it was that easy, we'd all do it. True. True story. Uh, yeah, well, he was a pretty good dad. Although uh, he was. Seen... Oh, yeah, come here. I wasn't here on Friday. What score did he get? 76. 76. That's pretty good. Yeah. What took what took away from the from the points? All the old neck injuries. He <laughs> yeah. took yeah. around hurling. <laughs> you need to you need to introduce Cahill's baby to the same weights program as Key and Healy, just to <laughs> build up that neck strength. Cahill's Laura, around. Laura, back to you. One thousand five hundred and fifty euro. <laughs> what is uh, there's a C on my M? There is a club on my mind. There's a club, and like, this could be this could be a local sports club. This could be a big. Premier League club. No, this could be a club it milk. Is a nightclub. A nightclub. That's what you're a thinking. Golf club. No, nightclubs. Laura said it. <laughs> 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 I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Laura, are you dying to get back into a nightclub? I'd love to get back into a nightclub. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> we were talking the other day. Do you know, like, uh, do you remember those over 30s nightclubs? 
Did yes. you like Howl at the Moon in, in Dublin was an over thirties club. I couldn't get in if you were under thirty. Yes, it was over thirty and there was I think Tamago <laughs> that's it. I was talking with my mate Mike about uh Tamangos out your oh, neck of the woods. Ha- yes in Port Martin. they did have a Tuesdays was over was, was it even over forties? It was <laughs> no, I think it was over thirties, but it was called get this, Grava Granny Night. Ah, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't called well, that officially. The twenty somethings called it Grava Granny Night. And but I remember, like Laura, when I when I was in my twenties, and someone said, "Oh, howl at the moon, it's over 30s. I literally thought to myself, "Why would people over thirty even go out? <laughs> like their lives are over." Yeah, I was like, "What, what are they going to do there? <laughs> like they're finished. Like at least give us back the nightclub." Oh, if only oh. he knew. If only he wow. knew. Laura, they're the new 20s. Nah, yeah, listen, the 60s are the new 20s, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's a club on my mind, says Laura. You're getting the t shirt, but you're not getting the money. Okay, thank you very much. Have a lovely day. Say hi, Josheen. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, grab a granny. Can you believe it? Somebody says, remember Bojangles on Camden Street? I think that was over 50s, says the text. I don't know. I don't remember. I've never in it, so I don't know. Also, why, if you're 50, do you want to go to a nightclub? Oh, here he is now. Another. <laughs> no, no. Why? Your life is over. No, why do you no. want to go to I'm saying the opposite. Why would you want to go to a nightclub with just other people over 50? <laughs> Like, if you're 50 going to a nightclub, you want to go where there's younger people because you're trying to feel a bit younger. I don't know why you'd want to go out at all. Why not just stay and have a nice cup of tea and just sit by the television? The news is on, lads. Come on. I remember that grab a granny night. Thankfully, nobody was grabbed, says Dave. Glad to hear it. There was a place in Dundalk called the Last Chance Resort where all the oldies hung out. They were barely in their 40s, says Louise. Yeah, it's amazing the concept of age you have yeah. when you're young and you're if looking you're up your the 20s, ladder. Someone in their 40s is... Ancient. Absolutely. Ancient. ancient. They're not really. The story. Today FM. Every week at this time, we do What's the Story? And it can be a story from anyone, anytime, anywhere. Some people are celebs, some are listeners. Today, it is Oren O'Halloran from the We the Irish podcast. Oren, good morning. Good morning. Nice to have you in person in the studio because uh, last time we spoke, it was uh, in and around pandemic time. It was virtual and you were just kicking off your podcast two years ago and uh, you've been going strong ever since, over 100 episodes. Yeah, uh, well, I suppose the last time we spoke, we were only seven, eight episodes into it. Yeah, uh, explain to anyone who hasn't heard it, explain the podcast and what the idea behind it is because 100 episodes of anything requires a lot of work and depth and all this kind of stuff. So what what is the podcast? Uh, so it's called We the Irish. And generally what it is, is stories of Irish people that you might not have heard. So people who either left here and did things across the world that kind of made history books elsewhere, or people who achieve great things that don't necessarily show up and kind of, we'll say, the leave and search. So when you, it's giving respect to the people who, who need it but never got it. Uh, more or less, yeah. Like yeah. there's a lot of people who for political reasons and whatever other reasons their stories weren't kind of put forward mm. and uh, this isn't your day job isn't it? this is just a passion for you yeah no this is just something because we started because I'd come across a lot of these stories and I started sharing them for the sake of oh, do you know what people need to hear these these are mm. incredible stories and incredible things people have done like I suppose a lot of um, Irish history is told through there's a lot of negative things and yeah. like famine uh, recessions revolutions whatever else but then this is also just like like some lad from County Clare 
wanted to find a mysterious Celtic island so he invented the submarine. And like these whole stories are a lot longer than that and there's a lot more twists and turns to it. But at a very core level, there's just a guy from Clare invented the submarine. And well, look, this isn't the story you're here to tell us. You are here to tell us one of these magical stories that have featured in your podcast. Oren O'Halloran, what's the story? So less inspirational than some of the other ones. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but uh, it's just what I thought you guys would be into. It's, mm. it's a bit more bizarre in nature. Okay. So... Early 1800s, there's these two guys from uh, Tyrone and Derry, William Burke and William Hare. Um, now, they don't know each other yet, but they head over to Edinburgh. Like, a lot of people are heading over at that time. There's kind of Irish slums heading up in Edinburgh and Glasgow that right. are sort of... Um, just people can get work in the docklands and coal mines, that kind of just... Mm. If you're unskilled labour, there's some bit of work going for you over there. So these kind of, kind of communities start popping up. So these two guys ended up over there. They end up meeting, become very good friends, working different jobs. They kind of keep crossing paths. And over the years, the guy, William Hare, saves up enough money to buy kind of a guest house because he gets this idea of enough people are coming over. They know I'm an Irish guy. They'll stay in my place. Like, it's people, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of money or else it's homeless people who get a couple of quid together. They're just trying to keep a roof over the head. So he opens up this guest house. Now, it's nothing fancy. It's straw in an attic. It's straw in a kind of a shed out the back but it's enough to kind of keep him going to top up what he already has. So every kind of week to week, he's kind of hammering on people's doors trying to get money paid because the people he's keeping don't have a lot of money. Of course. And there's this one guy staying with him who uh, kind of keeps promising, I'm getting a pension from the army. I'll give you the four pounds from that. That'll be us kind of square. He dies. Right. Up in the attic. And hair's distraught now because he's relying on that money. Without mm. he's that spent in his head, so he goes to his friend Burke and he's distraught and he's saying, like, "What am I going to do?" Kind of thing. And to cut away from their story very quickly, at the time in Edinburgh, there's this guy Robert Knox who's this kind of world-renowned surgeon, and he works on cadavers. You bring in a dead body to him, he pulls in the nerves, see what it is, flicks an eye, see what the other one does. All these are very early tests mm. for. Like, even just seeing where the liver is, how it functions, if I put air into the nose, what parts of the lungs, all this kind of tests what he's doing. So you can only do them on these dead bodies. Of course. And Burke tells her, there's a fella up the road, and if you bring him the body, he'll give you a couple of pounds for it. Oh! But there's a law at the time that you um, the only people that they can um, use as cadavers are people who have been executed for a crime. Previous to that, what was happening was grave diggers were going in after like someone's nan was buried digging up the grave taking Again, the body bringing it down to one of these guys selling the body Ooh. for a couple of quid so they invent these things called mort safes which are like big kind of metal shields like cages that go into the, the ground to stop people digging into them so this guy Robert Knox then eventually decides if a body shows up I'm just not going to ask questions mm. of where this comes from gotcha two lads grab the body bring it down to him he doesn't ask questions give him about seven pounds because the body's it's a couple of days old at this stage. Right. He's like, look, seven pounds, go away. And the two lads are kind of going, I only needed four, and I've got seven. <laughs> <laughs> I see this, a business opportunity. This is brilliant. Right. The kind of time goes on, uh, they move on from the idiot. That, as far as they know, they haven't done anything wrong. Like they, haven't, they didn't kill him or nothing bad's happened from their point of view. And Burke gets into financial difficulties. And he comes to his friend Hare, and he's again, he's distraught about the whole thing. His friend Hare goes, do you remember... Well, a while ago, when we took that dead body to your man, we could just find another one. Eventually, they come up with this idea of, let's just murder the odd person. <laughs> wow. Bring them into him. We'll sell them. He doesn't ask questions. And sort of, like, horrifically as it is, the fresher the body, the more, oh, the more money. Day, because right. it's more recently alive. So it's, it's still warm. So he can Jesus. still see how things are functioning. So okay. he gives him £10 for this 
guy they get drunk and strangle. So over the next 12 months, they end up killing 16 people by getting them drunk and strangling them. Wow. And bringing them to this guy, Robert Knox. Having a great time because he's got all these fresh mm. bodies for his students and like the students aren't really asking questions. They're just going, I'm a student. This guy's yeah. got a body. We'll yeah. operate why would I bother asking questions? But then things start to turn from them. In by the University in Edinburgh at the time, there is this guy, um, James Wilson. The students kind of know him as Daft Jamie, who's kind of like this um, homeless guy who kind of hangs around the college on specific corners. But they all kind of know him because he's okay. like a character from coming out and he goes missing. And at the same time, uh, this woman, Margaret Doherty, goes missing as well. Now, her last known sighting was with staying in Hare's guest house. So your man Wilson's missing, this woman Doherty's missing, and Robert Knox gets given a poster because it's the because of the amount of students from the university given posters for like missing people and hanging mm. around the place and he recognises that the woman whose body he was given yesterday is now the missing woman oh. in the poster and he's kind of going oh I think I know two. where the lads are getting the bodies yeah. from as he's it never crossed his mind up well, until this point <laughs> it didn't occur to him to have to think about it he was kind of going I have bodies what's the problem uh, but like they were telling him that they were like friends and cousins mm. and stuff that, that were, they just found um, <laughs> and he uh Sorry, so he, as he's processing this in his head, he brings out the next cadaver to the students and they go, that's Daft Jamie. That's Daft Jamie, that's okay. That's from outside. He's been missing and that's him right there. Knox goes to the police. Police obviously are able to put the whole thing together pretty quickly given all the information they have to hand right now. They arrest the two lads. Uh, Hare, t- or, yeah, Hare testifies against Burke and says, your man's idea. Oh, so That's yeah. the genius behind the whole thing. I'm just some guy who was just hanging around the place. Right. Um, so he legs it. Now the stories about he gets on a train and the um, like the people who didn't go after him and he gets caught. But the, whether that happens or not, nobody's fully certain. Right. But for Burke, he gets executed as this mass murder of sixteen people. Uh, he gets hung, and it's a big event in Edinburgh because like they're all horrified by this, and it's it's almost like a county final. Like people come out, and there's like people in the streets to watch this this mass event. So it becomes this like celebrity thing, um, and he gets hung. But he's a murderer who's been executed. So now his body is free reign for being a cadaver. So Knox goes, I'll have Give him. me your man. Oh my God. Burke comes into him. He brings him in front of the students. They dissect him. They do whatever they do for cadavers. Like that, um, I'm not sure exactly what they, mm. they do, but they do their tests and they analyze things, whatever else. His body's in more or less perfect condition when the students are finished with him. So they have his skeleton now. And they put the skeleton on display in Edinburgh University because it's one of like it's a very well kept skeleton. Okay, right. Those so that book and the skeleton are still on display if you go to Edinburgh University now okay. that they're in kind of the corridors mm. of the medical school. But then Burke's skeleton, because it was so well intact, that's the one that they went using. Or for a lot of companies, they modelled their kind of their. Um, like their, their classroom skeletons off of his such other ones you see in like well, science labs yeah yeah. a lot of those are based on William Burke the murderer from Ireland's skeleton just hanging down the back of different classrooms oh my god so he became infamous more than famous but uh, 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 yeah it was like I said it's not the most inspiring story but he's yeah. a guy who people are very familiar with him without ever seeing his face we've seen his insides yeah yeah that's amazing and See? little did he think when he was hatching these schemes that he'd end up as the one body that well, he everybody would the, remember. He became, ironically, after the whole thing, he became the celebrity murder murderer's body that yeah. kind of became the one of the 
key points of science kind of thing. Amazing. This is why you should listen to We the Irish podcast. Orna Halloran, thanks very much for watching the story today. Thank you very much. Although nothing I do today will be as funny as the fact that Dermot just walked in with a tea bag in his hand and instead of throwing it into his cup of boiling water, threw it into his water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and he can get it out and now he has tea flavoured water. I got it out, but because every time I went to drink the water bottle the tea bag floated away from me <laughs> I had to drink the entire bottle of water just to get the tea bag out so now I'm too full of liquid to drink the tea uh, okay let's get to the jokes let's get to the jokes Phil says I asked my boss can I have a few days off seeing as it's so close to Christmas boss said Phil it's May oh sorry may I have a few days off because it's so close to Christmas <laughs> Amy's nine she said how do you describe a salmon in a tuxedo Sophisticated. <laughs> yes, Amy. I like that. Murphy Graham, always in Murphy Graham for a plate. He says, The missus got scammed the other day by a woman called Anna who got her to invest in a snake farm in India. I think Anaconda. <laughs> Willie says, I don't always go the extra mile, but if I do, it's because Dave's bad jokes were on the radio and I was laughing so hard I missed my exit. He went the extra mile. <laughs> Guys, you've got to stay with the jokes. <laughs> Let us know when they arrive. <laughs> Kenneth says, Someone threw a broken calculator at my head today. I thought, why? It just doesn't add up. Oh, now no. I'm going to do a series of these jokes, and oh, you have to see no. if you can identify the punchline before it happens, right? Uh, Someone games. threw a block of cheese at my head today. I thought, how dare he? <laughs> <laughs> Someone threw a can of 7 up in my head today It didn't hurt because It was a soft drink <laughs> Someone threw a jar of Omega 3 tablets at my head today I'm okay, I only got Superficial oil injuries <laughs> <laughs> And then Philip coincidentally threw one of these And he says Someone threw a jar of mayonnaise of mayonnaise at my head today And I thought, what the hell man? Oh, hell man That's terrible Terrible Tony says, apparently there's a patron saint of security cameras, St. Francis of a CCTV. <laughs> Usain Bolt moved to Ireland. I don't know if you knew this. Moves to Ireland and goes to join his local golf club. The club secretary, Philip, says, I'm sorry, sir. We're not accepting new, new members. There's a club 10 minutes down the road that are currently taking new members, though. Maybe you could try them. Usain Bolt is not happy. He pulls out his many Olympic gold medals and says, Do you not know who I am? I'm Usain Bolt. Oh, sorry, replied Philip. Oh, sorry. <laughs> In that case, it's only five minutes down the road. <laughs> <laughs> David says, Based on your iPod show yesterday, lads, I dusted mine off, charged it up, and I downloaded some hymns. Let me know if you want the link to my new playlist. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I want more Philip from the golf club <laughs> yeah. Dex says One for the archaeologist sitting across from you Dave My mate That's Dermot by the way in case you don't know <laughs> My mate just thought he'd found the radius And an ulna of a T-Rex Recently But it was just a fossil arm It was just fossil a fossil arm, arm. It's just a fossil arm just, fo- just say it's just a fossil arm He does like it, he likes it look 
Stosh says, I reckon I'm a wanted man for having too much coconut shampoo. It's like there's a bounty on my head. Uh, <laughs> and Shane is going to wrap it up. He says, and finally tonight, boil some spuds, heat some milk and butter in a small pan, then pour over the drained potatoes. Remove from the heat, tip in some creme fraiche and beat with a wooden spoon until smooth and creamy. Season with a pepper and a pinch of salt. And that's it for Mash of the Day. <laughs> Dermot Whelan this morning woke up and chose chaos. He decided <laughs> he decided to wear I don't even know how to begin to describe these things. I think they look like the kind of shoes you get given in some water sport activity that go with your wetsuit. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what they look like. Okay, that's just Set the table here, shall we? Okay. Uh, I was given a present of a voucher for Nike. Well, you wasted that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> you yeah, got you to add tracksuit bottoms, a hoodie, a good pair of runners. You picked those. How dare you laugh at me, Dave Moore? You wear the dodgiest looking shoes every day, and you just say that oh, they're they're worth loads of money, and that's meant to make them nice. Trophy room five. I'm wearing them. To, I'm wearing the sickest pair of kicks today. Anyway, you'll get your chance to vote on me and Dave's shoes in a sec. But anyway, I had this voucher. So I enjoy a good trail run. You do. I like don't like road running. I like running on trails and forests meep, meep. and cliffs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, I've had my old runners for ten years. I like them, but there's a hole in them now, and the water gets in. So I need a new pair. And I thought, perfect, got the voucher. So I went on, saw these this pair, and I went, ah, oh, cool. So I thought I'd wear them to work today before they got covered in muck. You know, when I take them running and you won't be able to wear them as socially. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm not sure you should have worn them socially. I mean, they're, you know, they are obviously designed to be worn on trails. So yeah. they have certain uh, idiosyncrasies or, or things associated, like, you know, to give you grip when you're running can, over rocks and stones. Can and you take one off and hold it up here so that we can kind of try and describe it to the listeners who haven't maybe got access to social media, which is where you can go and see these okay so yeah. they are if you um, go to at today fm on twitter and the instagram stories right now you'll see them and they're on dave's at today fm i'm dermot whelan official you can see them on mine so they're they're so army green uppers a mesh yeah. upper uh it's got a pink and purple swoosh uh what what are the why are so many kind of spots it looks like a toad why are there so many <laughs> warts <laughs> it doesn't have warts. Sorry, Carl, Carl is here as well. It's, Carl, for, it's for grip. and oh, You yes. don't need grip on the side of yeah, your ankle. There's, there's grip things on the top of on them the toe well. box, there's grip. Yeah, because you're running through everything, guys. <laughs> you're, just, you're climbing up the side of the hill. You no. want to be gripping all over. Carl, what do you think? You're a man who enjoys a run. Would you... Would you Put these on your feet? Oh, no, I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm just so glad he didn't spend his own money on these things. <laughs> you know what they're uh, called? You know what it says on, on the on. tongue? Yeah. Nike Trail Wild Horse. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Horse is definitely your new nickname. Don't be bringing them in here, though. Dermot Wild Horse. Will. Yeah, I think the issue isn't the trail. Like, look, if you only wore them, it's like golf shoes. Like, golf shoes look stupid, right? <laughs> you wear golf shoes on a golf course, no one bats an eyelid. They could be the stupidest looking things in the world. Yeah. You don't wear golf shoes into the office. Why are you wearing trail runners in yeah. here? Kyle was appalled. Go on, say what you think, Kyle. Just they're horrendous. 
They are horrendous. That's because you're in your 20s and all you guys wear is bare ankles and your girlfriend's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Get personal. No, no. Uh, by the way, I'm about two years younger than you, and I feel the same way. Carl yeah. is twenty years younger than you. Thank feels, you. So, look, whatever you want to do on your trail runs, don't be bringing them in here. <laughs> That's are, the thing. Cool. They're cool. No, they look, it's embarrassing. They, they say action. <laughs> they say they, wild horse. Isn't it? They literally say wild horse. Right, I could. There could be an emergency. I could. You know, suddenly the half the building collapses here. I'll get out because I can scale down the walls with the grip I have oh, on my see, shoes. That's what, oh, you can actually yeah. so you can go through yeah. ropes or ladders, and you could just literally use. They just run down. Are you kind shoes. of embarrassed as well walking around with him here? I, I did. Th- I, I waited until he left the kitchen. Yeah. And walked down after him. <laughs> I didn't go up with him. I didn't Carl, go up to the kitchen with you. You got to admit, you don't like a lot of Dave's runners either. Why? I'm, I'm, we're on the same team here. Why are you trying to? I'm <laughs> trying to break up our partnership. Yeah. Call. This is an open for. This is a safe space. Call. Feel free to critique me. Okay. Today I'm wearing baby blue trophy room five. Trophy room is Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan's brand of Jordans. I'm wearing baby blue ones of them. I think they might be the best kicks I own. If you had to choose between me and Dermot's frog shoes, <laughs> are you going baby blue big basketball? Or are you going? Uh, Frog like warts. Two of the worst <laughs> options ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going baby blue. Today you're going baby blue. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, if barefoot what is an option. What are you wearing today, Minogue? Just some white. Oh, so classic some white tennis shoes. Yeah. Triple whites. Sometimes I, 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 I spice it up. Sometimes I, just, I do spice it up. Does Claire mind that you have them? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we need your votes, okay? We need oh, your he's, votes. He's offended. She had her bare feet today. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go on to at Today FM on Twitter and on Instagram and you'll see both uh, you see the polls up on both social media and vote tell us which one you prefer uh, new segment for you guys says mm. Mary Mullins and Bruff and Limerick wrap it or rotten <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a look at the polls so far on Twitter let me have a look because I can't see the thing. oh Jesus they're both gammy says somebody but someone <laughs> says hands down a win for Dermot what is Dave wearing time to have a look in the mirror sir says somebody call God. The poll results current this is currently yeah. sixty seven point five percent in favor of frog <laughs> no way. toad toes thirty <laughs> two and a half for me. See, people are they they well, get sense by rugged outdoorness. Trophy room five was you people <laughs> what's wrong with your voice don't move Mr. Anyway, wait. go and uh, we'll keep the poll going for another little while so um, get on there to at Today FM on Twitter or Instagram cast your vote try not to throw up a little bit in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> and text us and let us know what you think when you go and have a look on social media, here's Valerie, Amy Winehouse, it's Dermot and Dave on Today <laughs> FM. Or should I say Dermot, no, Wild Horse and Dave. <laughs> we are currently in the middle of a raging debate here in the studio. Uh, and we're also in a raging debate online on uh, at Today FM. If you go there and have a look, uh, we're talking about Dermot's shoes. Hey, I have sexy boots on I think if I was to rank my my own runner collection and I have a big collection rank these, is the word <laughs> these trophy room fives I'm wearing will be right up there in the top five but apparently the public is disagreeing with me and remarkably although our entire show is 
holding in some vom when Dermot walks past us. <laughs> people are people are erring on the side of Dermot. Stevie says, Dave, Marty McFly wants his runners back. See, that that's I'm happy to be associated with Marty. I Did, wish I had his shoes. Kevin the Van says, Dave, 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 rotten, mate. Although, Tim says, Dave's wearing one of the finest pairs of sneakers of in caps all time. Thank you, Tim. And someone says, the worrying thing is that Dermot's are wild horse sevens, which means there's six other toad monstrosities. <laughs> <laughs> we got some uh, voice notes in as well. Jan was on to us. She's got a review for us. I just showed um, one of my boys, Tyg, um, your shoes on um, Instagram um, to see which ones we'd pick. And the first thing he said was he looked at both of them and he went, I wouldn't pick either. They're both awful. <laughs> So there you go. Sorry, that's from a child. So neither of your shoes are trendy um, <laughs> from the perspective of a kid. And <laughs> Philly was on to us too. Lads, I have to go 100% Dermot's shoes today. Nice. 100%. Dave, yours are just geek. You people are Philistines. You don't know anything about sneaker culture. Why are your sneakers so cool? Because everyone just sees like big lumps of baby blue foam. Okay, so I just love, yes, first of all, I love the colorway. That's a that's a sneaker term, which is the baby blue. Uh, it's got the 3M material on the tongue, which is reflective. You know 3M, that company? Mm. Yeah, they've got the reflective material. <laughs> it's got the gold lace locks. Uh, it's got the red accents around. And uh, if I take They out, do look like they were designed for a crash or something, <laughs> you know, to keep children safe. It also has cork insoles. Oh, because the... That's cool, thank you, Emer. Is that good for uh, sweating? Uh, don't know. Yeah, it would be. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Great soakage. Great soakage. <laughs> <laughs> Again, from the trophy room in Michael Jordan's house, there was cork on the floor. This is a... Guys, it's all... It's, it's culture. It's all culture, guys. <laughs> Lots of people are dropping texts in, but also people are dropping into the studio to have a look at <laughs> Dermot's disgraceful footwear. So, can I just say that we was, I was suggesting there a minute ago that uh, I would love to have a pig as a friend. Yes, and you wanted to go on an adventure. Uh, yeah, but somebody says, the adventures of Froggy Feet and the Porker, <laughs> says Andrew. Andrew! That is a show that I, we would all not only watch, but be part of. Uh, Pamela Joyce has come into the studio to observe the footwear choices of Dermot and Dave today. Pamela, on, on which side of the trench... Are you standing? Dave, I love you, but just because something is expensive and a collector's item does not make it fashionable. A lot know. of your shoes are... What? Absolutely idiots. <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Why, you soften the blow by delivering it in a French um, accent. Yes. Someone, Stephen on Instagram... Sorry, Stephen on Instagram says, Boss Baby wants his shoes back, Dave. <laughs> Dermot's, Dermot's shoes are called Wild Horse. Which I love. And somebody said, Dermot's got Wild Horse, Dave's got My Little Pony. <laughs> I think Dermot's shoes look like if Jabba the Hutt was a shoe. Yes! And that's, that's a good Warty, thing. Warty, disgusting, that's a good thing. overweight. They've got texture, they've got presence. Slimy. They're, you know, kind of a little bit sexy, but... Hang on. Well, at least, Dave, I can, these are designed to run through mud, mm. run through puddles, up rocky paths, through woodlands. And you is, know. That, is that the route from... <laughs> no, that's, that's the, the carpet tile he has to walk across to get from here to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm only wearing them in before I before I take him out there. Mm-hmm. Like you dropped a tiny drop of tea on his new book suede trainers today, and freaked out. 
had to rush for alcohol wipes and then said, I'm going to have to take them to the sneaker surgeon. I am. I literally am. A drop of tea. You can wear mine through muddy marshes. That's the difference between you and me. Mine are pristine pieces of fashion iconography. They're for your feet. They're going to get dirty. So what's the point in... These are over a year old. How dirty do they look to you? Pristine. live your life. I do live my life. I wear them. Katrina's oh, no, to be fair, his tea is so milky that it makes tea white anyway. <laughs> yeah. Katrina's been in touch. Hi, Dermot and Dave. On the runner debate, I have a pair of runners like Dermot. They're, I'm wearing them right now out walking. Am I not trendy? I thought they were so cool. Am I not trendy? You are trendy. You're trendy among amphibians. <laughs> um, and as I said, the people who wear some kind of booties when they put on wetsuits. You guys are all super trendy. That's the end of it. What? Yeah. Super trendy. You're the one who's determined to be a fashion icon. I'm just wearing stuff that you can go off-road in. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't have to try. Icon comes naturally to me. <laughs> the results of the poll, which she will not be happy with, in a couple of minutes on Today FM. Good word, Brittany. Good word to describe Dermot's frog feet. Oh, um, Toxic, oh, I think, is definitely the right way to describe them. Oh, really, Dave? Yeah. Because... The poll results are in. So you could vote for my shoes that have been slagged since I walked into this building this morning. Carl just nearly fell out the window. He was so disgusted. He's so right. Um, And so I went up against Dave on his shoes, which he's very, very proud of. The result on the Twitter poll, Dave. Yeah. Dave's shoes... 23% 23% of the votes Jesus. which means that I got 77% of the vote so who's right here let, let me let me check Twitter because Twitter is different so let me just no, check that that is Twitter oh, sorry Instagram I mean oh Jesus <laughs> 71% Dermot 29% Dave Look, so I, what does that say now it says that the people of Ireland have no taste there, that's what it says. I'm being thrown grenades left, right and centre. Every form of communication is being used today to tell me that my shoes are not as good as Dermot Whelan's shoes, which frankly I do not believe. <laughs> I've just gotten a Facebook message from Keith. How are you, Keith? Listen here now, you leave Dermot's runners alone. They actually have to be the comfiest pair of runners I've ever got. And I went one further and I got the weird ones with the peach and the orange and the pink and the grey all over them. But they are a cracking, cracking pair of shoes. Um, yeah, you gotta go try them on, Dave. You gotta go check the comfort and them bad boys. They're a great pair. A great pair. I will not be putting warty toads on my feet. Thank you very much. I absolutely agree with them, though, because they're they're wider. Trail runners can be quite narrow, and if right. you if you got wide feet, you can feel a bit crammed in there. But these are nice and wide, just around the toe so you area. Can s- splay your hobbit hooves <laughs> out, and gri- do, you, do you have little like toe fingers that you can go out and grip the rocks no. with? Those have you ever seen those shoes where they're individual like? Fingers for toes. Ah, there, no one wears. Like there, no one wears them. No, they, no one wears them. They're hideous. A friend, I think they're the worst shoes. And I hope he's listening. A pal of mine, Mike, who I'm playing golf with later on, he wears those platypus shoes. What are they? They don't have fingers, do they? They, they don't. They're not clearly defined, but they're the, they're the flattest. They're exactly like a platypus's feet. I have no idea what that looks like. like there any support? They're rubbery, black and rubbery and flat. And it's it's like you're in your bare feet, basically. 
Um, Why would anyone but you do can that? hear them kind of the rubber sort of like it sounds like a rubber glove that's full of air. You know that sound? <laughs> it sounds like that when he takes a step. They oh, always wow. they always sound wet, like he's squelching. <laughs> but it's not. It's just that rubber. No, does, no, I, does anyone know what good. I'm talking about? Has anyone seen these Platypus shoes? But he wears them on the golf course. I didn't think there was anything worse than your shoes, but what you've just described there is utterly hideous. So that guy Mike needs help. Mike. <laughs> sure, look at that. It's okay. nothing, nothing I haven't said to his face, by the way. I'm, I'm not just outing his shoes on the radio. There's a C on my M is now worth €1,600. A couple of clues have been given by young Mr. Whelan as we've hit round ish numbers. What, uh, 1,000 and 1,500? They're uh, round numbers. I would say 1,000 and 2,000. Anyway, that's another day's discussion. <laughs> the clues uh, were it's nighttime and where are you going? Let's talk to Katrina Cullen, who's currently walking up a hill. What footwear have you got on, Katrina? Dermot, uh, Dermot and Dave, hi. I actually have changed into my hiking boots and breaking in new hiking boots, but I do have Dermot's runners in my bag. And Aha. they are the most comfortable runners, I have to say. Thank you. It's wild deadly. horses. And my husband has a pair in bright yellow, and he is definitely not the personality for bright yellow. <laughs> but he wears them anyway. But Katrina, <laughs> not everything is about comfort. A lot of things are about style. And I think wearing two squashed toads on your feet is not a good look. Yeah, but when you're going up a hill, who, who's looking? Well, Dermot's not going up a hill. He's in here in work, Listen, parading them around the place. Katrina, Dave is forgetting that he lost two online polls today on his own shoes <laughs> by 70% to 30. So he he's just feeling in yeah. a bad place at yeah. the moment because he's a, you know he's a sneakerhead and he takes great pride in his shoes. And they've been given the national thumbs down. Let's be honest, Dave's shoes might end up in a magazine. Our shoes are for every day. <laughs> I'll take that, Katrina. It's a, it's a small victory for me. Uh, Katrina, what is there's a C on my M for 1,600 euro? There's a coordinate on my map. Oh, kind of a trail running thing. Do you, do you guys need coordinates when you're going out? Uh, not necessarily. You just follow I your husband's you, yellow shoes. Yeah, no. We actually built our office around a map. Around um, a map? We have a nursery called a nurseries in Hackettstown and we deliver nationwide and I needed, I don't know where anything is, like I do the local deliveries and Rob does the Kerry's, the Cork's, the Waterford's, the Galway's. Right. And I'd be taking orders and they'd say we're in such a place. I wouldn't have a bull's notion where that is, so I have a big massive map that I can walk to, that they, I can see it clearly where they are and I can plan my routes around it. Oh, old school, a map on the wall. Yes, yes. And I think I've bought something from Cullen Nurseries before and you've delivered to my house, so I'm not that yes, local to we you. Did. Thank you very no, much. We do local and then we do all over the country as well, so the map is invaluable for that. And saves rows as well, because uh, sometimes when I say Waterford, I could send him to Tree or Cork is worse. So I've often sent him to like Cork to a particular place and he's like, you do know Cork is about five hours from one end to the next. Just go to Cork in general. <laughs> just, go, just, just go to Cork. So well, I've learned my lessons and built my office around my map. Air codes are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They are fantastic. Yes, they are. Yeah, now they got a lot of slagging at the start. People are like, oh, yeah, as if we need air code. We're just trying to be cool like England. And actually, <laughs> then when you do is, you can put them into Google Maps and get straight to the yeah, door. Yeah, it is very I handy. Work on, I work on the air code thing, but Robert is one of those people who just looks at a map and just I, knows. I've bought him roadmaps for birthday presents and Christmas presents, and he literally looks at the map. And then he goes, right, I know where I'm going. And he just heads off. I don't know how people do that. He's brilliant like that. But then he's been at it for years and delivering all over the country for years, so he's used to it. I can't find my way around a shopping centre. But our brains used to do that. 
like yes. 15 years ago. We've evolved into Google Maps. You don't need them anymore. <laughs> Google Maps and frog shoes. What are you worried about? <laughs> Katrina, there's a coordinate on my map. Is not the right answer, I'm afraid. Okay, lovely to talk to you. All right, see you later, bye. Hope the whole team are safe on the road. Uh, Let's go now to Limerick. Helen Hayes is there. Hello, Helen. Hi, Dermot, how are you? (laughs) Sure, look at (laughs) it. Isn't that it? Hazer, you just won yourself a bright yellow Dermot and Dave today. If I'm sure, look at it, isn't that a t-shirt? Thanks for guys. (laughs) Lovely. What part of Limerick are you in today? I'm in Shanna Golden. Shanna Golden. Tell everyone about Shanna Golden. What's it got that's of any interest? Any historical facts or interesting landmarks? Uh, Shannon Gaston is here uh, there's a song in that about Shannon Golden I'm not singing it he already asked me this before I said no <laughs> wow how boring we're having the same conversation <laughs> yeah. with you. it's exciting for us you're like a binner of four lads we don't even remember it uh, if you'd sung the song we might have remembered our chat with no, you no, no 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 definitely not <laughs> okay so it, castle is, there's a castle there it's Shannon Gaston yeah. yeah that's good that's good enough yeah. is it still intact or what state is it in uh, there's about a wall and a half left. <laughs> 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 That's what it is. Okay, Helen, there's a CMIM to add to your T-shirt to 1,600 euro there for you. What do you think? There's a compass on my mind. There's a compass on my mind. So are you using clues or what are you thinking? Um, well, I suppose the query one was the compass mm. part of it. On my mind just came from my mind. <laughs> there's a compass on my mind. Put it back in your mind, Helen. It's not right. <laughs> All right, we'll send you out the t-shirt. See you later. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye, bye. And Ashling O'Leary's in Dublin. Hi, Ashling. Hi, how are you? Not bad at all. You're minding your 10-month-old. Yeah, Charlotte. She's um, uh, playing playing ball and sleeping at the moment, so uh, I'm able to talk. Oh, that's good, well, yeah. Playing with a ball and sleeping. That's a, that's <laughs> multi-talented. Incredible child. And did we hear you're moving to Cork? Uh, yeah, my husband Mark is from Cork and I'm from West Waterford. So uh, after eight years living in Dublin, we're going to be moving down in a few weeks. So oh, we're exciting. Boxes. Yeah. And what prompted the move? Uh, family. We just want to be closer to our families, especially now that um, we have a bigger family of our own with our daughter. Um, so yeah, definitely be nice to, to move down to... Free babysitting, basically. That's what you're... <laughs> <laughs> going near some grannies. Dublin That's will miss you, Ashley. Dublin will miss yeah. you. Yeah, good luck. What part of Cork are you going to go to? Um, we're going to be living in the countryside in East Cork. It's um, near Yall, about 10 minutes away from Yall. Oh. Don't, don't get Dave started. I'm a big he's, East Cork fan, I have to say. He spent now. a weekend in East Cork. I and he's been not. talking about it ever since. I spent six days there, <laughs> I shall have you know, Ashley. <laughs> so down to Yall. Pretty much, just outside, yeah. Gorgeous outside. spot, brilliant. Nice it one. is lovely. All right, Ashley, let's get down to business. 1,600 euro on the line. There's a C on my M. What do you think? There's a castle on my map. There's a castle on my map. Are you, oh, are you using clues? It's night time. Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah, definitely. So where are you going? Referencing the map and mm. night time. Um, K-N-I-G-H-T and Knight um, who might be looking for a castle. Uh-huh. A castle, not N-I-G-H-T at night time. No, 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 a Knight. Mm. K-N-I-G-H-T. Castle on my map at night time. Well, is it, were we referring to K to Knight with a K, Dave? Do you know what Ashley O'Leary from Dublin? We absolutely were, you legend! You just won 1,600 euro for Asher Lucas, and that it. Oh my god, that's amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. And you're right, it was K N I G H C. That was the little Dermot sneaky clue, and you got it. Uh, to be fair, I have to give credit to my husband, Mark. It was it was him who got it, so he deserves all the praise. 
Well, you can tell him now he's after winning you 1,600 euro. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm delighted. All right, Ashley, wake Charles up there and tell her the good news. <laughs> Best of luck oh, with the move. Oh, that's exciting, isn't it? There's a castle on my map. That's what it was. Uh, the clues were it's night time, so that was night with a K, as in knights and castles. And where are you going is the map. You see, my clues do make sense. In fairness, this time the clues were pretty good. I have to actually be honest. Although the K was sneaky, because it's radio. Yeah. But Ashling did it. You always do it, guys. You're legends. Jack in Wexford's been on it. Says, Dave, I can't believe we've gone a whole show bashing your shoes without you bringing up the story that once upon a time, Mr. Gary Barlow complimented you on your shoes. I like your trainers, he says. Jack, you're right. He he said that to me when we met Take That in London. I was wearing a pair of pink Air Max 2017s. And he said, it was just me and Gary in the room. Everyone else was going out. And he said, Dave, I like your trainers. And I was like, thank you, Gary. And then... We interviewed him for the camper van of Christmas cheer. He came over, he was doing the gig in the three arena. He came down to meet Dermot and Dave. We were best mates. We started, this was before the interview, we were just saying, are we ready to go? Are we rolling? And listen to this. Okay, you guys okay, give you us Everyone a... say happy when they're rolling. All good. I love those. Great Thank shoes. You. Great Come shoes. On. Are we rolling now? Because Gary Barlow just said he loves my shoes. Great shoes. <laughs> ah, they were my uh, Air Force One off-white vaults. He, the man is a man of taste. He understands. If he saw you, just making polite conversation. No. Plus, those runners are so bright; they're the only thing he could see. <laughs> Couldn't even see me. They are actually luminous just this yellow. Luminous yellow glow coming from your feet. So this is the part where I have to say things off the top of my head that I think suit pieces of music that Dave is going to play for me that I've never heard before. It never we gets any easier, I have to say. <laughs> never. It gets way more enjoyable <laughs> for me week after week. Here we go. Ready to book that holiday? Ready to get the gang into the car and head away for the weekend? Then maybe it's time to call Burglars to Go. That's right. When you head off on holidays, we'll clear out your house. Laptops, phones, tellies, yes, and even granny's jewellery. Burglars to go. When you go, so does your stuff. Book now, we'll put a fish behind your radiator. Yo, yo, what's up? It's Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) With my brand new track. Featuring a random Aldi store worker called Padraig. How's it going, Padraig? I have to go down to get... Somebody spilled yogurt out by the fridge. Yeah, yeah, my boy with the yogurt. Then I gotta go up and get more, more change for the till. Or out of change of five cent pieces. Yeah. Hey, them. Actor Liam Cunningham here. Always in Game of Thrones. Probably saw loads of dragons. If you like dragons, come down to Woody's. I've got loads of ornamental dragons. On sale now. Not as good as a Toyota that I do the ads for. But they're pretty good. They look like dragons. They're on sale now. Just tell them, Lemo sent you. Tonight on Nature Watch, we investigate the future of the badger. Is it destined to be just some kind of furry guy? Or is there a chance for badgers to outperform humans in business? 
We'll take a look tonight as we speak to one Badger who has recently won the award for Entrepreneur of the Year and doesn't have TB. Buenos dias, muchachos! It's Michel Ricky Martin! Augustache's Spanish Latino Guelga Week all the time! Uh, you got to learn uh, the Spanish August of Guilga August Anawa Erfad Do that sexy dousa Yeah, so this is basically the problem Right, yeah When did it start? Um, as soon as I turned the key this morning the, uh, uh, the engine, It started making this sound Right, yeah Is it normal? Uh, not, for, not for the hatchback now, but Oh, t- the saloons, yeah. I mean, we had a saloon in yesterday was playing the fields of Attenroy out of the exhaust. Dave's world, Dave's world. If we don't let him do it, he gets ratty. I love the internet, okay? The internet gives gifts all of the time. It also gives gifts related to music and animals. You may remember before that I've played you things like, say, when a cat makes this noise... <coughs> That talented people play the piano along with the cat, harmonise it, but mm. yeah, they're doing it like this, like. <laughs> Wait, and. Beautiful. There was also there was a howler monkey, which are incredible things. <laughs> Let's be honest. So that's a monkey, not a man. No, that's a monkey. And then oh, the man monkey. is playing the piano along. Mm. Like when, when he goes up, he goes up. But he's following the animal in a way. Okay. Mm. Great, great, amazing mm-hmm. talent. There's been an advancement. Somebody ah. has auto-tuned animals <laughs> and turned them into songs. Okay. Like so, you're not like you're not. Fo- you are determining the mm. the beats, the meter, the melody, whatever, mm-hmm. because you've got auto tune. So this is the dog's one first. This is amazing. Emer brought Emer in because Emer's an animal lover. So I think you'll like this, Emer. So here you go, auto tuned dog song. No, it's several dogs. They're mostly huskies because obviously huskies yes, do have that vocal. thing where they're vocal mm. they just, and they don't just bark. Whatever they do, kind of look up to you and just go. That, that last dog yeah, is go going back to that one. He is going through some things, my friends. <laughs> His owner's obviously had enough. Like his owner's he's like, just he's thinking of things. He's just having <laughs> his say in life. You can't silence him. No, you definitely can't. Cats do make incredible noises. Um, they they don't just they don't just meow. They kind of make these weird kind of 
rhythmical things and someone has taken this is all the cats different cats all auto-tuned I love this so much If Post Malone released that, I would listen to <laughs> yeah. it. I would absolutely That'd listen be to it. Number one on the Spotify charts. Next week. Shades of Jai Ho there as well, yeah. isn't it? However, the guys <laughs> who do this. They add, it's literally called adding auto-tune to videos that don't need it. Okay, that, that's the best thing you can yeah. do. That's why yeah. the internet's so great. They found an Irish icon. They're not Irish, they're from the UK. They do them all over the world. And they found an Irish icon. And tell me, if this was released, it wouldn't be number one. Incredibly, people have been throttled in the water here in Black Rock and Salt Hill. <laughs> Don't make unnecessary journeys. Don't take risks on treacherous roads. And don't swim in the sea. Don't make unnecessary journeys. Don't take risks on treacherous roads. And don't swim in the sea. It's, it's such a jam. It's a summer jam. Like, I have been singing that for two days. <laughs> it will not leave my head. It's so good. Oh, that's so good. Theresa Mannion, like, honestly, you released that song. Like, that is a guaranteed number yeah. one. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, chill summer vibes. Yeah. Imagine hearing that at, like, Electric Picnic and Theresa Mannion in doing it live. <laughs> oh, Sunday my God, the auto-tune. the auto-tune. Don't make unnecessary journeys. Don't take risks on treacherous roads. And don't swim in the sea. I love the internet. You'll know the original Top Gun movie, of course, with like Maverick and Goose and everybody, but Jane has made a discovery. So, Top Gun. Watched it 600 million times, like everybody else in the world. Fantastic movie. Loved it. Loved Goose. Only discovered yesterday that Goose is played by Anthony Edwards. How did I never know that? Nuts. I mean, now you do. So, Anthony Edwards, people will probably mostly know from Eeyore. He was Dr. Green. For three seasons, but Doctor Green and Eeyore—that's mm. Goose and Top Gun. I did not make that connection. There you I go. Have to say, uh, well, look, we're bringing you the uh, the biggest stars of the film this morning. Still to come before ten, we've got John Hamm, who you'll know as Don Draper from Mad Men. He's also in this film. Going to be catching up with him, Oscar winner Jennifer Connelly. But first, a chap called Miles Teller. Now, in the film, he plays Rooster. Uh, which you'll notice is part of the bird family as well, uh, because he is in the movie the son of Goose. That's right, and we all know what happened to Goose. He was essentially goosed. Um, <laughs> but Miles Teller, you'll know. I mean, he made a big name for himself in films like Whiplash, where he played that kind of tortured jazz drummer. Great movie, incredible film. If you haven't seen it, anyway, uh, Miles Teller plays Bradley Rooster Bradshaw. And he's ready to talk to us. Hello, Miles. Hi, I'm doing. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. great. I wonder, can we claim you as one of our own? Have you got any Irish ge- yes, genetic yes, goodness yes. in you? Yes. On my mom's side, the maiden name is Dean. It's from Galway. And on my ancestry, I'm uh, yeah, I'm about fifty percent uh, Irish and Scottish. 
Wow. We'll definitely take you so. Yeah. yeah. I love Ireland. I took my grandparents for their 50th wedding anniversary when I was in college. I studied uh, Celtic music with Mick Maloney. Uh, he's a he's no the tenor banjo player in the world. I, I absolutely adore Ireland. Wow. Do, do you play instruments yourself? I do. I play I play piano. I play saxophone, or I did play saxophone, uh, drums, and and, uh, and guitar. Well, yeah. drums we'll certainly know from Whiplash, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, what a movie that was. Oh, man, that was incredible. Thank you. But also, you're playing the piano in Top Gun Maverick. I know. I, when I read it in the script, I was I think I was pretty excited about it, and I told them that it's something that I wanted to I wanted to do myself, that they weren't going to need a double or anything, and mm. I've always I've always felt like Great Balls of Fire is a pretty good party trick if you can get on the <laughs> piano and and play that it, definitely it well actually talk about your character for a minute because Dermot and I we went to see the movie together in, in an empty cinema it was just incredible but <laughs> um, but that bit like there's bits where they, they, they we don't give too much away but like we cut back to the original movie and there are so many shots of what is now become your character and you kind of yeah. think like this is such an incredible universe that we're only in the second movie but it's such an incredible universe I know I, I well I think it's Tom used an analogy for this, and he said, we're, we're trying to hit a bullet with a bullet. That's really how precise we need to be to be able to, to make a sequel to Top Gun and to have it satisfy fans of the original. But also, you can't wink too much at the audience, because then it, I think that's kind of low-hanging fruit. The movie needs to be able to stand on its own. But to be able to kind of dive back into a story 30 years later, and it and it just feels... It feels right. I, you know, they they really did such a great job with it. I, we all benefited from being a part of it. I, I presume, you know, when the original movie came out all those years ago, um, you know, we would have memories of it. And it kind of encapsulates the 80s and the sort of the brashness and the boldness and the kind of, you know, screw you, yeehaw type uh, <laughs> uh -huh. approach of the, of the 1980s. What's it like for you, you know, obviously of a different generation, but no particularly, you know, clear memories yourself of that time for obvious reasons. Um, but what's it like to sort of be part of that world, even though it existed before your time? Well, when we did the beach football scene, I, I made sure I was wearing jean shorts. That was kind of a bit of my <laughs> homage yeah. to the to the 80s. And I, I mean, you know what you know what Top Gun is, even though I was born after the first one came out. Um, you, you still know what the, what, what the vibe is of it, and I, and so I think we, I think we're able to 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 bring that in a lot of ways. And but yeah, there's there's certain things like now the you know the cast is a lot more I think reflective of the world around us, and it's you know those are things that you certainly hope develop over time. And your mustache. Is, oh. and that gets you buy-in into anything 80s because your moustache in this film yeah. is, is incredible and, and it's not easy to grow a moustache I've tried and I either look like a taxi driver or some kind of union representative <laughs> but you nailed it yeah I think depending on who you ask they either think I nailed it or it's the creepiest <laughs> thing they've ever seen so you're I get, you're trying to hit a bullet with a bullet when it comes to the, <laughs> your mustache, yeah. the mustache well <laughs> can we talk briefly because we spoke to Jay and to Greg and to Danny earlier on about the being being pilots and about like the crash course you guys had to go on to become you know these Top Gun pilots what was that like for you I mean I, I was joking with the guy saying like I got an Xbox for Christmas with Microsoft Flight Simulator I mean <laughs> I love this stuff but I mean I can't imagine what it's like to go from I'm not a pilot to now I'm in an F-18 it was it was really intense. I mean, we did um, we did make kind of 
um, incremental steps within our training. We started out very basic and we started out flying in a Cessna. It's the same, it's the same steps you would take if you ever wanted to get your pilot's license. You mm. really start kind of with the initial kind of um, understanding of the aircraft and all those kind of principles. But for this one, we're not going around sightseeing, right? Like it's Top Gun and we're flying with the best pilots in the world and they are gripping and ripping every time we went up with them. So it was, I mean, it was, it was a lot to be thrust into and it's a depreciating skill. Like I have, mm. I learned how to withstand G forces for a year and it's, I mean, it's all gone now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the tough well, part. We look forward to the time when you, you know, develop your flying skills and get more licenses and become like a John Travolta where you just go down to the supermarket in an Airbus. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's uh yeah. I mean, Glenn, He's not he's not here right now, but he 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 got his pilot's license after we finished filming. Yeah, and it really only took him a couple of weeks because we have we have enough hours in the aircraft where we can, you know, you got to take some solo flights and pass the test. The test is kind of the big part, but no, nah, I have a I have a seventy five Bronco. That's what I take to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good idea, Miles. Thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait for everybody to go see Top Gun Maverick. Thanks a million. Appreciate it. Thank you. Dave, I can't believe you brought in the flight simulator again to <laughs> this promise, interview. I promise it's the last time. I promise. And Glenn, that he was referring to there at the end, who got his pilot's license, is Glenn Powell, who plays a character in a call, Hangman, who might just be the best looking man you've ever <laughs> seen. And like he's he's golden. He's just glistening well, they have and some golden. Weird filter that they use to give it that extra eighties sheen, but yeah. they all look like they're wearing fake tan all the time. And <laughs> uh, we don't mind, it just seems to work. That was Miles Teller. He plays Bradley Rooster Bradshaw, the son of Goose, who we all know from the original Top Gun. And still to come in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking to Oscar winner Jennifer Connolly and Don Draper himself, Mr. John Hamm. We're celebrating the movie Top Gun Maverick by talking to the stars of the movie. You'll know our next guest from uh, brilliant films like Blood Diamond and A Beautiful Mind. In fact, she won an Oscar and a Golden Globe for her role in A Beautiful Mind. Uh, her name is Jennifer Connolly. She's on the line. Hello, Jennifer. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We're super. While we were waiting there, I was looking at your Instagram uh, of all the amazing pictures of the premieres. Um, and it just looked like the Top Gun Maverick premiere was the best. It's like proper, solid, glitzy Hollywood stuff. It was kind of uh, exceptional and extraordinary. Sort of like everything to do with the making of this movie, to be honest <laughs> with you. The world premiere was in San Diego on an aircraft carrier that um, Tom Cruise landed on in a helicopter. <laughs> Um, I've never, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, it was pretty fun. It's a hell of an entrance. I think I arrived at my Debs that way. It's the same thing. <laughs> when Tom Cruise approaches you to be in this movie, I presume you think, "Oh, great! Like I'm not going to be in an F-18. Obviously, my character's not going to do that." But it's Tom Cruise, so you know there's going to be things he's going to ask you to do that you've never done before. So, what were those things for this movie? Well, actually, I was lulled into a false sense of security, to be honest with you, because I, you know, I play my character. She owns a bar. I'm not a pilot. Um, there were no flying scenes whatsoever. Um, and I was I was on set with Tom when he started talking about P-51s and had I ever been in one and had I ever done any aerobatic flying before <laughs> and I started to get a little suspicious that I might be about to do some aerobatic flying. Like, yes. He's like, it's going to be very gentle, some very beautiful roles. You're going to love it. Um, yeah, I, I wound up doing some, some flying, which I, I hadn't realized was about to happen. 
Wow. Yeah, because there's shots of the two of you in the plane in the movie, and it's it it. I mean, it looks astounding, and it look, obviously looks like the real deal. Like you guys are there. We are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because we are. I mean, look, it's nothing compared to what the you know the actors who are playing pilots went through rigorous and you know rigorous training to do what they what they did i'm just a passenger in the plane there but it was definitely like i had never been on a plane like that before you know yeah. so you feel a very different sense of exposure in this little like glass cockpit and the top of it is at the top of my head and the plane's really narrow and tom was the pilot and um you know, we were skimming the tops of canyons and there was a plane right off our wing that was filming us and we were doing these maneuvers, sort of swooping underneath it and stuff like that. It was it was definitely unlike but, any flying I've done. But you <laughs> did, though, have that scene where you had to sail a boat in what looked like the stormiest waters that isn't in, like, a storm movie. Yeah, in a lovely jumper. All I can yeah. think of, maybe it's the parent in me now that I have children, I'm thinking, she must be freezing. Why didn't she have a proper coat on? <laughs> yeah, no windbreaker, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, she's a very confident sailor. She wears cotton. Nothing yes. waterproof, you know? No. Yeah, we filmed in San Francisco, and where they have famously strong winds, and... Um, you know, because the idea was to show that she's a great sailor and, you know, is at the helm of a vessel that's moving very fast through the water and big choppy waters. And um, I think it was great for the scene. It was definitely exhilarating shooting it. Did we hear that you prepared for that in, in quite a strange way that you knew you were going to be doing that that sailing thing? So you, you had to practice at home? Yes. I mean, I live in New York, I live in New York and um, I was taking sailing lessons in New York Harbor, which is a very interesting place to learn to sail. No, I heard that, that you were standing on your kitchen table. Or your, oh, your- that too. Yes. Well, I was because you know how it is when you, I don't know, I feel like when you learn line, like when if I memorize something, it's one thing if you're like, sitting in a chair and you have to memorize but then if you are I just knew when I got out there and you're in a you know those kinds of extreme environments where you're you know on a boat at this kind of angle and the waves are crashing on you and there's the wind and everything you know all sometimes that stuff just goes out of your mind so I was I was practicing I was standing on a coffee table in my house and I was running my lines and I had my kids like spraying they had a glass of water and they were like (laughs) in my face and like blowing on me with like wafting papers like blowing wind on me I'm sure it's the same as the San Francisco winds I mean they're practically the same yeah yeah. you know you now you've ruined the your uh, ability to shout at the kids hey get off the coffee table because yeah now now you've actively encouraged it well what else are they for (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um, look, this movie, Look, you've, you've won Oscars for things like A Beautiful Mind. This movie, Dermot and I went to see this together, alone in IMAX. It was just so incredible. <laughs> but it is such a high-five, fist-bump movie. It's, it's the perfect summer blockbuster. I think you guys should go back and see it with an audience, because I saw, I saw it alone in a theatre too, and it was amazing. And then I saw it with an audience, which was extraordinary. It was okay. so much fun, because everyone was, like, yelling at the screen and, you know... It was it was really a lot of fun. Um, I think it's really satisfying. It's more than satisfying. It's absolutely epic. I think people are just we're so excited for people to see the film. Uh, I'm sure you are too uh, when it gets general release here on May 25th. Thanks so much for talking to us, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. You too. Have a great Take day. Care. Bye. Bye.
That is Oscar winner and Golden Globe winner Jennifer Connolly, star of Top Gun Maverick. Next, we can talk to a man you'll know probably best as Don Draper from Mad Men. He is, of course, Mr. John Hamm. He plays Cyclone in this film, and he's on the line. How are you, John? I'm very well, thank you. Hello, Ireland. Just before we uh, went live with yourself there, Dave was asking me, I don't know if you actually heard him saying, have I got burrito on my face? <laughs> so we just said, we'll let John Hamm tell you if you have or not. Can you, you see don't. my chipotle sauce? No, <laughs> oh, you go. You're burrito-free for this entire interview. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, congratulations on Top Gun Maverick. What a movie. It's absolutely Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Thank you. Thanks very much. I, I tend to think so as well. Are you allowed to say it's better than the original? Because we, we feel it <laughs> I, is. I'll say it. Sure. I don't know. It's I'm in it. So that automatically makes it. <laughs> Not only are you in it, but you've got your call sign, Cyclone. Come on. Yeah. Did yeah. you choose that or was that given to you? I wish I could say I chose it. No, it was uh, it was it was given to me, and I took it with both hands very gladly because it's awfully cool. Oh, it is. You've you've got it all. The uniform. The I mean, even if you just see the name Vice Admiral Cyclone on on a script, you're like, I don't care what this film is. I have to play him. Yes. <laughs> and what what is it like? I suppose going into that situation where it's a it's not a franchise because it's only the second movie but it's such a beloved movie the first one and you go in and you've got this i suppose in some ways the kind of the villain role because there's a faceless villain on the other side of the mission but you know you're 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 tom cruise's wings man you're clipping yeah, his wings yeah. I, I prefer the term antagonist but antagonist, uh, sure. right. uh there, you know someone someone has to tell maverick that he can't do what he wants to do and i'm happily taking that role it's uh it's it's a pleasure to be to be opposite Tom in in a scene. It's he's a you know he is a consummate movie star. There's there they don't make him like that anymore. And uh, and it's uh, he, he loves his job, you know. And and this movie obviously uh, means a, a lot to him. But he also just has an, a tremendous enthusiasm for the process of of making movies in general. And that uh, that energy is uh, exciting energy to be around. I love the variety of stuff that you do uh, in your acting, you know, from Don Draper right through all the Bridesmaids and every other film that you've done. I love how you how you love to mix it up. And did I hear that you would love a shot at Star Wars if if ever that arrived? Yeah, it's a yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I I've, I was uh, I was a big fan of the uh, of the original uh series of, of films. I know, I know there's spinoffs and split offs and <laughs> Andalorians and Obi-Wan's and there's so many versions of it now. I think it's, why not me? Put me in mm. one. Uh, yeah. Well, isn't that kind of the thrust of that, uh, Apple TV ad you did as well? I was like, what? Yes, still no John yes, Hamm? Very much I love so. that. Why not I me? Where's my, where's my, everyone but John Hamm. <laughs> well, didn't Daniel Craig, uh, manage to get himself dressed up as a stormtrooper? And he's in there somewhere in the mix in the latest. Those are for Edgar Wright. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I'm like, come on, really? Edgar's not even an actor. <laughs> would, would you do it if they said, okay, we'll let, you know, you can do a part, but it, you have to dress up as some completely unrecognizable alien with a, a big bulb head yeah, or something. Sure. I'd play, you know, I'd play Greedo's brother or, you know, some, <laughs> somebody like that. Why not? <laughs> Let's talk about Ireland for a second. We know you have a grow, as we say in this country, a love for Ireland. Uh, we know you were over here shooting Wild Mountain Time and you had the time of your life, I believe. We did. And we shot that in County Mayo and Ballina and Cross Malonia. We had a wonderful experience. It, it was, uh, 
you know, Ireland is as advertised. It was gorgeous and green and rainy and all of the, all of the things. So I, I, I love my time over here. I spent about five weeks over here and uh, I very much had a wonderful time. And did you experience the rural Irish pub? That's a very important part, particularly in the west of Ireland. We sure did. Uh, we, we experienced it quite a, quite a few evenings and uh, quite a few days as well. And quite a few evenings that bled into days. It was, uh, <laughs> it was quite exciting. <laughs> That'll happen. Very, very right, yeah. Did you ever experience the ancient Irish tradition of the lock-in? Uh, yes, where the pub I have, is, I have it, experienced that as well. We, uh, you know, I was I, the, the red, the green carpet was rolled out <laughs> quite, quite nicely. I'm always amazed by, I, I think, you know, we should get NASA or somebody to look at what Irish pub curtains are made out of because <laughs> you can have the rowdiest bar and then the barman goes, right, that's it, lad, shh, and closes the curtains and suddenly all sound stops at getting out onto the main street. and There could be a full-blown wedding happening in there. You can't hear anything. That, as the guard walks by, he's like, nothing happening here. <laughs> nothing happening, yes. Pay no attention to the, the, the procedure proceedings behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, John Ham, listen, congratulations on Top Gun Maverick. The role of uh, Cyclone is epic and we don't want to give anything away, but I just love the, the character journey that he goes on and everything that's with it and everything. So congratulations. We love it. Thanks very much, gents. Nice talking with you. Hi, guys. It's Dermot and Dave here from Today FM in Ireland. How are you? Dermot, hey, what's, what's up? Nice to see you. Before we get into the Top Gun stuff, Greg, were you at the Miami Grand Prix? Yes, I was at the Miami Grand Prix. What an experience. Yeah, were you also uh, there? No, I was looking at it on TV no, <laughs> in no. Ireland, but it looked like one of those things that you would just love to be at. It even had mermaids. We didn't see the mermaids, though. I, I didn't see the mermaids. I don't remember seeing a mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure you were watching the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the I think he was yeah. watching the Disney Channel. was watching something yeah. else altogether. Yeah. How, yeah. how high are you as when we, you watch? As we went to it, we realized, like, you could only go out above the paddock and just watch a little bit of the race, and you got to head right back inside to watch the rest. Okay. So otherwise, you're going to have a whiplash. Yeah. Come here, boys. Like, I feel like I'm on the same level as you guys. Like, I'm practically an Air Force Top Gun pilot because for Christmas, I got an Xbox and Microsoft Flight Simulator, and I've been training and training, and I'm I'm up to I'm up to assessing the guys. I'm just behind you. Yes, which you crashed into the Tower of London. I, I was waiting for you to say like, oh yeah, I, I, I joined. You said, you know? Is it is it PC or is it? Is it no Xbox? Xbox, Xbox. Oh, yeah, Xbox. yeah. Okay, okay. But, but I will say, I will say, the Irish Air Corps, who, which is our Air Force, did find out that I got this, and they invited me down, and I flew in their simulator. Now, you know, I think fifty minutes in the simulator, I'm pretty much the same as you guys, right? How many times? Yeah. Did you, how many times did you crash? I actually didn't crash. I was really oh, good, right. apparently. Okay. We didn't either, so I guess we are alike. But you, you guys had to actually fly. F-18s though, like this is so crazy that like you went on such a crash course of training, you flew the planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we we were in the back of the F eighteen while pilots, maybe uh, pilots were piloting. But I mean, that's still intense because more people. Are, are you a fan of football, NFL football? Sure, yeah. Amer- American football. That's why I said NFL. Um, more people have Super Bowl rings than they have flown in the F eighteen. So you know, you're looking at you know some elite. Another way, yeah. People. Way more people have won Champions League. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> you see, you know, you, you know Danny played soccer. He's making a reference that we understand better here. I get it, Danny. Yeah, I get it. translated for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been doing that all four. <laughs> and Jay, how did you handle the 
the G-forces, because I, it's one of those things that, you know, mere mortals don't understand what it's like until you're in one of those things and you feel like your your head is going to roll off your shoulders. Yeah, I mean, your head always feels like it's going to roll off your shoulders uh, when you're pulling them. But man, I, I had this crazy experience. I had to pee every single flight, like literally <laughs> mid-flight. I would have to ask the pilot to like level out and pull out a bag and I would I would pee every single flight. What Pretty was crazy. that? Was that fear or was it just that this is what those forces do to your body? Good question. It's, it's what the forces do to your body. I don't really believe in the F word. You know what I'm saying? What did you pee? Did you have to pee? Did the forces? <laughs> the forces never made me. I, I never peed. Yeah, I said no, but did, did just Jay. Uh, I threw it because I was doing way more intense things in the backseat. As a weapons system operator, I had to fly the exact same courses, but then while we're turning right. I had to look over my left shoulder. It's like, I mean, you've got emotion sickness being on the back of a car texting, yep. right? Doing something else that you don't know. Your body's like disoriented. So it's actually technically way tougher on the body. <laughs> Who says that? Everybody says that. Who is that? <laughs> this team was like, yo, you guys have it way worse. So whenever they take rides, they get nauseous and they're talking about but technically it. we were all taking rides. So we were all like, <laughs> <"Learn> <laughs> nauseous. Like, but you simulator? also looking where you're going. You get? Do you get nauseous when you do the simulator? I didn't know the simulator was okay. It didn't move too much. It was the. It was like those huge screens. The whole room was a screen. So for me, actually piloting, I was okay. But the people in the room, they all felt sick because the the, oh. the screens move. But they're not like they're not controlling the joystick. Controlling, so. You don't know where the where you're going visually. So exactly. Yeah. Um, and did you guys get to choose your own call signs? Because what we got? We got Coyote Payback. We no, got fanboy. When we got the script, they were all there. Joe gave us the opportunity to change our call signs if yeah. we wanted to. But and I think fit, everybody man. thought about it, but it ended up fitting. Yeah. yeah. And, and really, I think I think they did a great job casting us for the roles yeah. specifically. So I think we all played yeah. into what our call sign was. Yeah. Oh, you guys should have seen my first audition. It was a different fanboy. What? what you want to reenact it? Just, no, no, no. It was not giving anything it away. Was, it, it was just, no, no, no. I want to reenact it. But it was, uh, <laughs> it was a completely different fanboy. Okay. I had also had longer hair, so by the time I did my, my callback, Joe's like, oh, cut your And then, yeah. Oh, wow. Different dude. Wow. Right, that, well, that's in, so, how did you, but how did you become then the fanboy that we know now? What made you just decide to flip it? Well, it, it just kind of uh, the progression of, of uh, discovering the character, and also, it's, it's, all, it's, we're creating a unit and a team, and I think at that point, it's, it's reading off of what, is in the in in the space so it's if everyone's like the big-headed ego gunslinger no one's an ego-headed gunslinger mm. so it, it kind of like neutralizes so i think bouncing off of that um and just knowing where yeah just the fit is always different based mm. on the cast and i think um this one specifically everyone was so well cast for their parts that it just organically kind of happened mm -hmm. and the characters kind of formed based on the, the squadron yeah. that we built in real life yeah. Right, well, we better wrap it up, guys. Um, not because the interview is over. We're afraid that Jay needs to pee. So we're... <laughs> <laughs> I got a diaper on. Don't worry about me. <laughs> That's Robbie Williams on Today FM and Feel. Wouldn't mind giving him a good feed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, join us now as we cross live to Limerick, uh, where we'll find Noni Considine. Uh... How are you, John? How are you? How are you getting on? Noni. Hi, it's Dermot and Dave. Hi, Nani. Hi, can you help me? Yeah, yeah, coming through Leading Gear. What's going on? Oh, live from Limerick here, okay, yeah, with yeah. some big news. Big, what's your big news? I have opened a brand new state-of-the-art maternity hospital. What? 
in Donkey Ford's <laughs> chipper. Ah, <laughs> yes. Of course you have. Yeah. Why, what the hell have you done that for? Why did you know I was sick of listening to them talking about their no hospital, talking about it and dithering and, and changing their minds in it? I haven't seen this level of confusion since since Johnny Depp tried alcohol-free wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's all kicked off here now. We're up and running. Okay, but hang on, Noni. Is this an appropriate place? To open a maternity hospital. Absolutely. I would like to reassure everybody that it's above board, everything. And right. I'd like to doubly reassure them that there is no religious involvement <laughs> with this hospital, except for a holy picture of Paul O'Connell <laughs> hanging above the deep fat fryer. <laughs> in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Monster. <laughs> and Noni, I know you very well. Have you any medical staff? Oh, I didn't. We do. We didn't. We do. We have it. Uh, we've three members of John's Ambulance yeah. currently on chips. <laughs> And on Smoked Haddock, uh, Jerry's there. And uh, he was an extra five years ago in Holby City. <laughs> so I think Perfect. the training is, is dialed in, is this? Uh, yeah, so what's happening now then? Well, just after launching uh, the maternity meal deals here. Oh. Um, yeah, at the maternity hospital in Donkey Falls. What are they, so? uh, Why not try an epidural and a bag of chips? <laughs> <laughs> Or five ninety nine. Yeah. Wow. Why one fifty? You get your C section in a can of coke. <laughs> yeah. And today's special battered ultrasound dripping in gravy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on, we have another one coming through oh here. Oh my God! Push me here now, just grab. Congratulations, it's a little boy. Here, here. Wrap the child in this newspaper. There you go. Wrap the child in that now. Fair play to you. Fair play to you, Maureen. Well done. Congratulations. Now. Salt vinegar on the baby. <laughs> Dave's world. Dave's world. If we don't let him do it, he gets ratty. I got a message last night on my Instagram. I'm at Dave's FM on Instagram from somebody who spotted a message. I think it was on Facebook and it was about a missing wild animal. So we had to get to the bottom of it. Ben Hart from Wild Encounters Mini Zoo in Limerick is on the phone. Hiya, Ben. Hi there. How are you doing? Good. What are you missing? Uh, so it's a capybara. Uh, so, for those that don't know what that is, um, it's basically a South American species. It's the, the world's largest rodent, so it's about the size of a Labrador. Looks a bit like a guinea pig. Yeah, I remember um, seeing a capybara before um, in a zoo somewhere and going, oh my God, it's so much bigger than I thought the capybaras were. Saw some yeah. down in Foda. Foda Island Foda, has yes. Yeah, um, yeah, I think they have some, yeah. And so, what has the capybara got a name? Uh, Julio. Julio the capybara. Okay, so a good South American name for, for the capybara there. How, yeah. how does Julio get out? Because I presume you guys at the Wild Encounters Mini Zoo are very careful about your animals. Uh, yeah, we are. I mean, we're, we're still investigating exactly how it happened. Uh, but basically, we, we came down in the morning and found the gate open. Uh, the padlock was, st- it was still locked um, and the bolt was shot across. So uh, he wouldn't have been able to open it himself. So, and he wouldn't uh, have been able to leap out either. I mean, capybaras, although they are, as you said, they are they're not notoriously athletic. No, they're kind of a bit on the chunky side. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, his fencing was high enough that uh, he wouldn't have been able to jump out of that, no. Do you think there's any chance then that the way sometimes, you know, people's kind of pedigree dogs get taken, do you think there's some chance somebody might have just taken them? Um, well, we know if, if anyone did try it, he, they weren't successful because we did actually see him on our CCTV um, having a wander around in the, uh, middle of, um, in the nighttime. Right. Um, so if it was someone that tried to get in, they, they weren't successful on actually getting him. He's quite a timid guy, so uh, he would have been quite hard to actually catch. 
Um, so, um, yeah, we know that if it, if it, if it was someone that did something, mm. then they, they weren't successful in actually getting him. Um, so, uh, we know that he's, he's out. Out somewhere. in the wild. And how would a capybara fare out in the wild in Ireland? I, mean, I presume they're grazers, are they? They are, yeah. They're complete herbivores, so, um... They're, they're uh, yeah, they're, they're quite a hardy species, so um, the, the climate and stuff isn't going to be um, any effect to them whatsoever. Um, obviously, the human interaction, like traffic and stuff, is going to be the biggest issue right. um, on, on that. But uh, as I said, he is quite he is quite timid, so we we're fairly sure he probably won't go anywhere near roads. So he's probably going to be holed up somewhere on agricultural land, somewhere really, um, probably near a water source as well. Um, they're quick, they're kind of semi-aquatic, living in the Amazon. Okay, so wild. if somebody is, so, sorry, whereabouts in Limerick is Wild Encounters? Uh, so we're we're just outside Kilmeady, so um, just south of Newcastle West, um, that down the Newcastle West John Colliher Road. Okay, and if somebody were to spot what they think might be Julio the Capybara, uh, the world's biggest rodent, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, so they can get in touch through our social media pages, um, so Facebook, Wild Encounters, Mini Zoo, or Instagram, um, or they can email us at getwild at wildencounters.ie, mm-hmm. or they can give us a ring on uh, 061-974-951. Okay. Mm. Poor Julio, he must be kind of confused. Uh, I'd say so, yeah. So, um, as I said, he, he's no threat to anyone or livestock or animals or any other animals. As I said, he's a complete herbivore, so he'll be kind of probably keeping to himself. Uh, that he'll probably be most active kind of in the early morning, early evening time. That generally, that's generally when he's most, he was most, most active in his paddock, kind of grazing and stuff like that. So that's the most likely time that people will kind of see him, really. Uh, during the daytime, he might, uh, in the actual um, middle of the day, uh, he might be kind of in around hedgerows and stuff like that. Having a siesta or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found this sound of a capybara online. Yeah, so it's a bit of a barking sound, yeah. So is it likely that he might do that to try and get your attention, or, you know, like, is he is he vocal usually? Uh, they tend to do that when they're alarmed. So oh, nice. um, if someone is on a walk and uh, they walk by him, then uh, he's fairly likely to make that noise uh, as, as an alarm call, basically. So, uh, so again, if, if someone's near, walking near a hedgerow and hear that, um, then, then, yeah, they're probably more likely going to hear him than see him first, really. Gotcha. Okay, well, Ben, we wish you the best. We hope Julio finds safety back with uh, Wild Encounters Mini Zoo in Limerick. And uh, as yeah, I said, hopefully. the social media page is probably the best way to get in touch if anyone has any information. Uh, thanks for joining us, Ben. No, thank you. Best of luck. See you later. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Uh, well, yeah, it is. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a paper plane. You might not be aware of this, but Ireland has just competed in the Paper Planes World Finals last weekend in Austria, and actually, we didn't do too bad. Bill O'Shaffey, Brian Grant and Jamie Kinsler all represented our country in the Red Bull Paper Wings World Finals. you got to love Red Bull and their imagination. Yeah. They just dream up. I think it's the same kind of, same part of our brains. You know when you made things in school, like with rulers and pens and, mm. and fired them across mm. the room? Or I remember uh, we used to open the window a crack in Irish and just try and throw various things through this through tiny hole. Tiny gap. I, I think that's how the Red Bull people's <laughs> brains work. They're like, let's just do that, except on a bigger scale. Uh, anyway, it is the Red Bull Paper Wings World Finals. And Dublin native Bill O'Shaffey is here in studio to tell us all about it. How are you, Bill? Hiya, how are you? Did you ever think uh, you'd be on the radio talking about paper airplanes? 
<laughs> Absolutely not. Was this your dream? Did you put this down in a CAO form at some point? I've actually taken this off my bucket list now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah radio interview about paper yeah. airplanes. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we've got to ask you, how did you get into making planes and how did you know that suddenly you were going to represent your country? Oh, okay. It's a bit of a long story, but I was... Uh, I'm also a student in DCU and I was uh, walking between lectures and uh, in my college bar Red Bull were hosting an event um, Red Bull Paper uh, paper Wings yeah. and they were just ushering loads of students in they were like oh yeah if you can um, throw a paper per plane the longest or furthest um, we'll bring you into the Nationals I'm like okay yeah, yeah sure why not I'll just have a point while I'm throwing a paper <laughs> um, and uh, yeah and then they, I got like a, an email back from Red Bull a week later saying hey you won in the um, airtime category by the way there's also a TikTok um, event as well for aerobatics so if you want to enter that as well, cool. So um, I made a TikTok in my living room about uh, throwing, I, I blindfolded myself, <laughs> threw a paper airplane and had a lit candle across the room mm. and it like just barely grazed over the uh, the flame and like took out the flame. Wow, so, how many takes? Oh, probably about probably about 90. It was, okay, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it worked. Yeah, it took two you hours, but like, yeah, it worked. Yeah. You gotta love how much time students have. <laughs> sit there and do 90 goes at this. Okay, so you were ushered into a bar to do it, but hang on, had you had you any interest in folding paper airplanes at this point? No, this was, were you given an, air, an airplane to fly, or did you have to make it? Oh, you had to make it in front of them, yeah. Right, and did you have skills up at this point? or um, Just getting in trouble with teachers. Right, usual. School, yeah. Okay, yeah. standard usual. paper airplane folding model. Are you, yeah. you, okay, and then, like, now, do you have skills that you didn't have then? Do you, you know about, like you know aeronautics and all these other things that you now need to know oh absolutely we um even while i was in salzburg in austria they did a whole um paper pla- uh, airplane like aerobatics workshop with us okay so they told us taught, taught like taught us a lot about um the aerodynamics of it what actually makes a plane fly there's like four rules like there's lift there's thrust there's weight and uh, there's drag as well so um yeah we got a lot of information about it and also youtube videos so okay. yeah yeah youtube teaches a lot of things so, so you got dragged into a bar First of all, then you did it. Then suddenly you got onto the the nationals, and and then next thing you know, you're you're going to the world finals. Yeah, when I was like when I walked into um, the nationals, it was in the uh, the, the private airport um, in Dublin, and I was just I had a realization. This is all becoming so official way too fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just wanted a pint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I got told um, I actually won the aerobatics competition on TikTok. So I was like, okay, so I'm already guaranteed a spot going to. <laughs> Uh, to Austria I actually don't have to do this but like I, I, I still went Right, it was a really good time um, Austria was amazing one of the best experiences ever ok so talk to us about the, the worlds then so you go to Austria Salzburg and, yeah. and that's where the worlds are held so there are people from all over the world are they are they more prepared for this than you? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's 57 different countries competing. Okay. Uh, over 60,000 uh, participants actually entered. 60,000 entered. Yeah. Oh my god. So um, yeah, a lot of people were a bit more prepared than I was. Right. Um, what kind of things did you see? Like, what were these people doing? You know, to that, that was beyond you. I will have to say, one of the most impressive people. He was actually a, in real life ninja from Japan. Um, he would be doing loads of cartwheels, flips while throwing paper, paper airplanes in the air. He um, just really insane stuff. It was kind of just like watching like a Jet Li movie, but then with paper airplanes involved. And so, yeah. is that part of it? Then we'll drill down into the kind of categories. So you said the first one um, was—is it airtime that you won your first prize for? Yeah. And so, airtime. I'm guessing is that the length of time you can keep the plane in the air. Yeah. 
Okay. So um, that would to that would be to do with, like a lot of gliders. So just um, paper airplanes with like lots of uh, uh, wingspan and like uh, wing area. Mm. So that would would be able to like catch flight and just like drift along. Yeah, so it's not about distance, it's not about speed, it's just about hang time. That's yeah. what you're looking for. And were you then expected to put on a bit of a show um, and be a bit of a ninja yourself, or what, what did you do? Um, so aerobatics was mainly to do with just impressing the judges with the biggest spectacle you can to do with airplanes. Um, so what I did was... Uh, I um, had like a, a few paper airplanes li- like lined up like around the stage. So what I did uh, was I had two paper, paper airplanes in my hand. Uh, I did a few cartwheels while throwing them mid cartwheel, and then I dropped down into a push-up stance <laughs> and started throwing airplanes while doing push-ups. Yeah, we have pictures of that. That's it is, impressive. It is very impressive. So were you doing one-armed press-ups and throwing? Or, or did yeah, you, basically. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Well, that you know, one-armed press-up, whether you're throwing a plane or not, is impossible for most people. Bill, you mentioned the word ninja. And this is incredible. When I was a child, I made a paper airplane. I don't know if I, someone told me or if I'm in my, it's a hazy memory. I was seven or eight. Mm-hmm. It's called a ninja baby. Okay. Right. So while we're talking. Who I'm called gonna, it a ninja I baby? I think I did. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm seven. Okay. Okay. But I still to this day, it's the only thing I can make paper airplane wise. I'm going to make this while we're still chatting. And then I want you to judge it, you know, in terms of construction and all the things it needs to be a, a, yeah. a paper airplane. And by the time we're finished chatting, I'll have it for you and we'll, we'll go for it, okay? I will say one of the most important things while making a paper airplane is no matter how many folds you do, as long if your wings don't aren't symmetrical, it won't do what you want to do. Symmetrical wings is a given, my friend. Okay, so I am I'm already ahead of the curve, as it were. Well, while he's doing that, I'm just looking at some of the hang time or the airtime records. I know that there was a chap from Pakistan who won the airtime section, and his plane was in the air for 14.86 seconds. Yeah, which is was... a long time if you're just looking at it. Yeah, I actually have the video of that. It was insane. Um, it's really, really cool. And does it do loops or is it just casually gliding around the room? It's honestly like just in slow motion in the air, just casually gl- gliding yeah. like above people's heads until it finally comes to a stop. Because you kind of have the impression that somebody would, would wind up like a like a baseball like pitcher and fling it as hard as him. But like he presumably is kind of almost like letting it go for it to kind of float around like that you're actually actually the baseball um, one is actually well, it was actually more accurate yeah so okay. uh, what, for airtime you want to get it as high as possible so it can glide it down for as yeah. long as possible so there's like a, there's like two different techniques there's like just throwing it around like normally up in the air mm-hmm. and there's also holding it with a backhand um, just like so you probably can't see this but uh, like that okay and swinging your arm upwards and that way it gets to like the pinnacle and then starts to just glide. So the paper airplane is facing in towards you yeah. and you're you're kind of flicking your arm upwards. Yeah. Maybe that's what I should have done with the Ninja Baby all those years and I would have been even better at paper airplanes, although I'm already pretty much a professional. Well, also looking at some of the other winners and how seriously these guys take it. When you mentioned you were just sort of looking for a pint, next thing you're in Salzburg. Mm. Like I see that the winner of the distance, he threw his plane 61.1 meters which is an incredible distance. Mm-hmm. But he that was thanks to six months of intensive training, whereby he gained 10 kilos and stud- <laughs> studied the intricacies of javelin throwing. My God. So he was full-on training for this thing. He was not yeah. looking for a point in a student bar. That's no. for sure. <laughs> 
So, was there any fun outside of the competition in terms of, you know, meeting other people from different places and that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Obviously, I was there to compete and actually do well for Ireland. Um, but there was also the, like, making new uh, friends, making new interactions. I currently have a place to stay in 57 different countries. If I ever want to go. Um, so, that's accommodation sorted. Okay, uh, here we go, Bill. This is the Ninja Baby. I'll just fly it over to you there. Okay. So that's my ninja baby that I made when I was seven. I've been making it ever since. I don't know. Is that is that aerodynamically any good? Do you want to have a, do you want to throw it? It actually, it actually works pretty well. Yeah. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah, it, really good. It went right across the whole length of the studio. It must be like five meters <laughs> into the bin. So <laughs> probably where yeah. I'll yeah. get it. So that's, you did actually. But, but that's not quite, too bad, right? It's quite broad yeah. and flat. Yeah, as opposed to the pointy traditional airplane. And bulky at the front. So look, look at Bill. So Bill has one there, which has got elements of mine, but looks a million times better. Yours is reminiscent of those sort of stealth bombers. How far do you think, yeah, I suppose, how much airtime do you think you'd get out of that if we had the space? Um, I can get probably around 12, 12 seconds. 12 seconds. seconds. Yeah. And 14 something seconds, one. Yeah. Do you, do you stand under impressive. it going... <laughs> so, trying to keep it up actually so in aerobatics there um, if you use like a really light paper so like newspaper or like dictionary paper you can um, fold an air like a, just like a one layered airplane yeah where like if you drop it and like hold um, a board behind it you can actually just keep the airplane flying forever oh my god yes yeah, so, like, the paper's actually, so light yeah there's actually a lot of science behind it so like you're basically creating its uh, lift for itself okay and obviously in these competitions I presume the paper must be the same in order to have, like in categories or whatever, so that people are competing with the same kind of scenarios. Yeah, so um, airtime and distance all have to use the same uh, Red Bull paper. Gotcha. But for aerobatics, you can actually use whatever you want. Okay, because yeah. it's obviously style and yeah. tricks and everything else you're doing. Mm. Bill, this That's is utterly fascinating. Uh, thanks for letting us into the world of paper airplane uh, world championships. And how did you, sorry, how did, you, how did Ireland do? How did we do in our different categories? Um, so I came. 14th out of 50 very uh, good than mine um, the other two lads uh, I think they came around the 20th like 20, 30-ish and again I, they would have 50 odd people or whatever in their yeah. category as well well round of applause yeah. for the Irish lads nice work Bill top work Bill did you get an, an Ireland tracksuit? Uh, no I do have an Ireland jersey for paper airplanes though that's cool <laughs> okay. that is cool it's all that matters all I ever wanted to be was just going through an airport with Ireland written on the back of something. Yes. Ah, yes people go, yeah. oh wow, he's representing his country and literally it could be paper airplanes but it doesn't matter. <laughs> You've got the gear. <laughs> says <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> Bill, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Sneaky cheese there, David Moore. <laughs> Backstreet Boys, as long as you love me, Dermot and Dave on Today FM. A lot of people disappointed I didn't bore Bill with more of my flight simulator talk during the paper planes talk. Yeah, we're all amazed that you, you didn't drop it into that conversation. Well, I just got so satisfied by talking about a ninja baby for 25 minutes that I just felt like I should leave the flight simulator out of it. But <laughs> if you want to watch the video of how to make your own ninja baby, it's now up on at Today FM on Twitter and on Instagram stories as well. Uh, lads, check out the huge sculpture outside Cork Airport of a paper plane being folded at different stages. It's absolutely incredible, says Gary in Cork. And somebody wanted us to ask about the best paper for airplanes, the milligram, the size, etc. Uh, we don't know, because you have to use Red Bull's standard paper. They yeah. s- they supply you with the paper. We don't have the stats. So we don't the, know about that. On the Red Bull issued paper. Cahill is going home for the weekend to see Tip in Semple Stadium. Uh, Stephanie Hayes says, Cahill, that if you're going home for the weekend, you could pick up some eggs for breakfast on your way home. Junction 3, after the toll, Manor Stone, our local egg man has a vending machine where you can get a tray of eggs. How does it, How do the eggs come out of a vending machine and not be broken? <laughs> they plop down yes, and smash. Like um, a can of Coke. 
Someone says, Carl must be a first Tipperary looking for favours from the Banner County. On the Banner, says someone. Yes, please. And please. Forget all the other teams. Forget the Premiership. Silvermines under 11s are going to Semple Stadium on Sunday cheering on Jason Ford and all the tip boys up the Premier. Oh, the Premier. <laughs> Sneaky cheese there, David Moore. <laughs> Backstreet Boys, as long as you love me, Dermot and Dave on Today FM. A lot of people disappointed I didn't bore Bill with more of my flight simulator talk during the paper planes talk. Yeah, we're all amazed that you, you didn't drop it into that conversation. Well, I just got so satisfied by talking about a ninja baby for 25 minutes that I just felt like I should leave the flight simulator out of it. But <laughs> if you want to watch the video of how to make your own ninja baby, it's now up on at Today FM on Twitter and on Instagram stories as well. Uh, lads, check out the huge sculpture outside Cork Airport of a paper plane being folded at different stages. It's absolutely incredible, says Gary in Cork. And somebody wanted us to ask about the best paper for airplanes, the milligram, the size, etc. Uh, we don't know because you have to use Red Bull's standard paper. They yeah. s- they supply you with the paper. We don't have the stats. So we don't the, know about that. On the Red Bull issued paper. Cahill is going home for the weekend to see Tip and Semple Stadium. Uh, Stephanie Hayes says, Cahill, that if you're going home for the weekend, you could pick up some eggs for breakfast on your way home. Junction 3, after the toll, Manor Stone, our local egg man has a vending machine where you can get a tray of eggs. How does it... How do the eggs come out of a vending machine and not be broken? <laughs> they plop down yeah, and smash. Like um, a can of Coke. Someone says, Carl must be a first Tipperary looking for favours from the Banner County. On the Banner, says someone. Yes, please. And please. Forget all the other teams. Forget the Premiership. Silvermines under 11s are going to Semple Stadium on Sunday cheering on Jason Ford and all the tip boys up the Premier. Uh, Premier. <laughs> ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you really ready? I'm ready now. <laughs> sure, look at so this is day two of Asher Look at Isn't That It, a brand new one. There's a C in my M. That is history, folks. There's a castle on my map. That's what that is. Gonzo. That's gone. We've moved on to something brand new. It is CCC. If you can guess those words in that sentence, you will win 300 euro today. Sinead's from Meath, working in Dublin. Hi, Sinead. Hello. What's going on? Um, nothing much. I'm hiding outside the office, standing by the road. I don't know if you can hear all the traffic. <laughs> no, no, the traffic's quite fine, fine. Uh, can we guess your star sign? Wow. Oh, yeah, go for it. Okay, um, just give us a little bit of, like, what... Uh, <laughs> give us one of your hobbies. <laughs> what do you like to do? Um, I like running. Libra! No, stop, no, don't, no, 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 I'm allowed to no, run. No, we've got to do this properly. <laughs> running, Libras love running. <laughs> <laughs> do they? So you're oh, you're an outdoorsy type. Um, Capricorn. Do you have blue eyes? I do. Um, it's so obviously Sagittarius. No, what are you waiting no, for? No, it's not. <laughs> you it's are not. Sagittarius. It's either aren't you? Aries or Aquarius. Ooh, getting close. Pisces. No, is is it either Aries or Aquarius? Yeah. Oh, you are Aquarius. No. <laughs> God damn it. That is such a Scorpio thing to do, Dermot. Sinead, <laughs> <laughs> CCC, what do you think? I think it's cr- crunchy custard creams. Crunchy custard creams. Nothing like them. Good value too in the supermarkets, lads. Mm-hmm. It's all Dave will buy. Bloody cheap, car- car- crumbly cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> custard creams, bourbon oh, creams. <laughs> and cheap ginger nuts. They're the greatest. Sinead? Yes. It's the wrong answer. Oh. Sorry about that. See you, Aries. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Brendan. Brendan. Yeah. 
Okay, Hi, lad. we're going to guess your star oh, sign, God, right? I thought this was only going to happen. No, no. What, what no you... one's going to hear it. I was just that's all. I oh, Scorpio! No, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> trying to wreck, yeah, I'm trying to wreck Dermot's post. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it first. <laughs> Brendan Byrne, you are uh, a Scorpio. What? What? What month does that have you in? November? Uh, or uh, end of October. End of October. Right. right what right. are Scorpion yeah. traits? God, I don't know. Like, are I you crazy? What, Brendan? They don't exist because it's all complete and utter I think I'm, I'm probably a bit of a gal. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not uh, specifically for Scorpios. I can assure you of that. I'm sitting across across from an Aquarian gal right now. To be honest with you, uh, Brendan, CCC, three hundred quid. What do you think? Um, it's probably too normal to be one of your your um, pick picks, but uh, cool, calm, collective. There's a castle on my map It's not exactly out there You know (laughs) Cool cam collected So you're a pretty cool cam collected guy What's your job? You're a salesman, yeah? I'm working with a bike store in Kinnegad Coin Cycles We deliver all over the country really. Mm, Coin Cycles? Yeah Man yourself And it's bike week this week I'm at Junction 14 now uh, One of your favourite services That's (laughs) it, yeah Junction 14 Got the makeover during COVID And we're all enjoying it Uh, Everything in there from smoothies yeah. to um, to Supermax. From smoothies yeah. to Supermax. <laughs> and they're always very friendly on the tills. They are very friendly. They don't rush you and they don't do that thing which really annoys me. You know people who keep leaning out going, next, next. Yeah. You're like... We'll see now shortly. We'll see now Yeah, soon. no, they're always very friendly in there. Brennan Byrne. Yeah. You're wrong. Yeah, I knew it. See you later. <laughs> Have a good day. See you. Bye, bye. Thank you. Bye, bye. Susan's in Dublin with her twins. Hiya, Susan. Susan. Oh, we we spent too long with the other two. Yeah, she's she's show? Just, yeah. Twins, show. twins were crying. Susan. Susan. Okay, one sec. We'll try again. Hang on, Carl's going to put you through. Now. Ready, Susan. Three. Oh, hang on a sec. Oh, you're on the oh, wrong I'll thing. I got two. No, no, it's my fault. Hang on. Oh yeah, go. Yeah, uh, no, you do two. I'll try something else. Oh god, um, this, this might wreck everything. Hang on. If I press this button, Dave's, I don't know what's going to happen. Dave, Dave's three, two, one. Press button. Dave's and, uh, Susan. Hi. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> press the button. Nothing got wrecked. And oh my god. <laughs> Isn't that it? The buzzer's gone off. You just won a T-shirt. Oh, brilliant. Oh, excellent. Thanks, uh, You'll have to... Sorry, just uh, Dave's uh, in on work experience from Foss. Um, sorry about that. He's still getting the hang of the desk here. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's the crack, oh, Susan? I can't believe I've actually gotten through. I've been listening to you since... Um, I feel like you're my new work colleagues because I've been Aww. working from home since lockdown so I can't believe I've actually gotten through to you. Oh, we're delighted uh, to have you Susan. Yeah. We are work colleagues and by the way yeah. stop stealing my butter out of the fridge. Okay. <laughs> uh, no we hear that a lot actually but yeah. since COVID that, that we've been people's work colleagues yeah, and yeah. um, we love it. We absolutely love it and yeah. we're, we're honoured that we're led into your office every day if only we were getting paid from each one as you oh so <laughs> now to see to him you would be, be along with that now <laughs> Susan how are the twins uh, very cranky yeah, yeah what right. age are they <laughs> they're 11 11 22 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 11 yeah and cr- like teens like 18 already yeah and are yeah. they in school today or are they off because half they're of mine are off for teacher training well they're actually on a half day I have to collect them now at 10 to 12 a half day yeah. right mm. right yeah, yeah. Typical. Another one of those half days out of nowhere <laughs> for the teachers, and then they have the summer offs as you. Uh, so we have to guess your star sign now. Oh, here we go. So, okay, are you creative, or what do you like to do? Uh, drink wine and watch Netflix. Okay. 
Are you Capricorn? No. <laughs> you are. It's okay, a give us twelve. Guess. No, give us something else. Um. Right, would you? Somebody asked. Somebody asked. Was already the star sign today. Oh, there you go. Oh, Aries. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> End of quiz. Yeah. Guys, I think this could be a regular segment. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Susan, C, yes. C, C, one th- no, <laughs> three, oh. sorry, I'll start that again. C, 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 300 quid. And the red tape's going to give a grand of his own money. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, cranky children complain. Cranky children complain. Yeah. Mm. No. no. Oh, sorry, sorry Susan. <laughs> have a, it was great to talk to you. And you two have a great weekend. All right, thanks a million. Bye. Isn't it funny when uh, Susan said, I like to drink wine and watch Netflix? I immediately thought, Maria. <laughs> Capricorn. Because <laughs> that's what she is. She loves nothing more than Netflix and yeah. wine. In fairness, lots of people and lots of star signs fit into that category. Yeah. In fairness, this week, she's enjoying the wine, but not the Netflix, I'm guessing, because she's uh, poolside. Uh, oh, but not the wine, because she's also eight months pregnant. Of course. Yeah, she's yeah. having neither of those yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. But is on she, her holidays. She mustn't be Capricorn anymore. Um, <laughs> okay, listen, lads. got kicked out of her own star sign. Listen back to more from the Dermot and Dave show on todayfm.com. Dermot and Dave. Weekday mornings from nine on Today FM. I'm Shay Brady. I did two degrees at NCI, the BA in HRM and the MSc in Management. Going back to study when you're older, you really know what you want to do. I loved it, and my academic progress at NCI helped me get promoted at work. Now when I see myself, I see living proof that returning to education was 100% worth it. On Wednesday, June 8th from 5 to 7pm, join us for NCI's on-campus open evening and learn about our full and part-time courses in business, computing, psychology and education. To register, visit ncirl.ie.